0: social media platforms. you can
1: listen to all of our great programming and live 24-hour music on the redline radio llc app you can find it on the google play store but you can also check us out at radio llc.com where we are always live
0: gentlemen welcome to talking about balls i am justin george joined as always by kyle price and our special guest today greg sherwood ladies and gentlemen uh kyle what's up
2: we got a full party today man i'm excited for this
0: we absolutely are greg is here our friend tim buck is running the board as always producing the hell out of what, this shit what? Yo, yo 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 killing it uh we're here greg is here obviously cleveland baseball that's his bread and butter that's what we're going to talk about baseball in general but cleveland specifically because we are a cleveland based show. And we got a lot of shit to talk about the Cleveland Guardians and Greg. So gonna, much. Greg's going to be here to back it up. I, I always talk bad about the Dolans, and Greg is my go-to source on Dolan hatred and and the the knowledge I get. He has pages and pages of notes.
3: I brought research,
0: yes, research. He does his due diligence. This guy does not fuck around. So we're ready to get into that. Uh, I've known Greg a long time. We've been friends for years. Uh, I love talking sports with Greg. Having a drink. He likes he likes whiskey, bourbon, all that kind of shit that I don't really like too much. But I'll do it because I like Greg, so I do it with him. Kyle's known him a long time, too. He's been in, we've all been close.
2: <laughs> yeah, not as long as you, though. I've known Greg a long time. But, you know, honestly, when it comes to certain knowledge that the common man does not probably possess, Greg possesses that knowledge.
0: That's why it's great to know a Greg. I like numbers. Yes, he does. And I'm happy that he does because I don't. So when he tells me these things, I just I just re- rehash it to everybody, even though it's not my own information. And I respect that. And I appreciate Greg for that. So thank you. Uh, first and foremost, it is 420. It is the biggest stoner day of the year.
2: I feel like we missed the boat on that today.
0: I am, aside from the couple of beers that I had before the show, I am stone sober on 420, which is an accomplishment, to say the least for me. Um, but I do it I do it for the fans. I do it for the people. For those of you watching right now, I am sober for you, because I want to put out the best show possible. Um, although I did title the show The High Way, get it, pun intended, uh, not only is it in reference for 420, but it's also because of our first topic, Dwayne Haskins. It's also the place he perished. So last week, I kind of skipped over it. I meant Epic to talk about it. transition
2: again, by the yeah, way. I'm,
0: I'm so good at those. Very smooth <laughs> segues. I'm great. Uh, but but honestly, last week, I didn't mean to talk about Dwayne Haskins, and it, it, it slipped my mind. We, we got into other shit. We ran behind. So it got overlooked, and I apologize for that, because obviously he's an Ohio State legend. He was up and coming, trying to get his career turned around the best that he could with the Pittsburgh Steelers, because his career in Washington didn't really pan out as a first round pick ended a lot sooner than you would have expected, but off the field had his issues on the field. He had a lot of talent, couldn't seem to put it together. Uh, It's very unfortunate, honestly. I mean, mean, even as a, even though he's a stealer, I mean, I'll crack jokes. It is what it is, but it's a shame. Honestly, you don't want to see a young man, especially a guy trying to turn his career around.
2: It's one of those things that took place that I think anyone who at the time were just like, what? You need to like go back and like make sure it wasn't like one of those TMZ like got you moments. You're like, there's no way. I mean, yeah, I I couldn't believe it. Right. Is it shocking? And then you get the details and how he died, what happened? And you're like, what the fuck took place?
0: And I'm pretty sure we had an episode many moons ago that was titled Fuck Adam Schefter because Adam Schefter, I've always thought is kind of a douchebag. Right. uh, Scumbag. Really, any bag negative word that you can put in front of it uh, is Adam Schefter. And he made himself look terrible after Dwayne Haskins passed away. His initial post for the Haskins death wasn't just like a R.I.P. to Dwayne Haskins, condolences to his family. It was Dwayne Haskins trying to, uh, after a bad stint in Washington, looking to turn his career around, passed Str- away. Struggling today. to catch on to yeah. his
2: team. He yeah. had
0: to like shine the light on the negative part of his life. And I, I feel like <clears throat> uncalled for, just a shitty move by Adam Schefter. I've never liked the guy. Uh, I always thought he was kind of a dick. He's, so, had a bad,
2: he's had a bad year. This is like the third or fourth en- like episode or incident that he's had where he's had to like retract certain tweets and messages he's put out there.
0: It's because he's so robotic. He has gotten to the point where his career is just focused on being number one to the story. Right. That's it. He's got to get There's there There's no first. human emotion behind it. There's no, oh, you know, I feel bad for this guy. It's, oh, I got a Texas guy died. Fuck him. I just want everyone to know that he died. Right. So it, it's just, it's a shame, but that's the world we're in with social media. He wants to be the first. He's, he's good at that. However, it just still is a bad look, and Adam Schefter comes off as a total piece of shit pretty much every day. And I'm glad that he blocked me now. I don't have to see his tweets. I will gladly read a news story 10 seconds later from somebody else to avoid Adam Schefter.
2: Yeah, Rappaport's the uh, go-to story, I think. He's a fucking
0: idiot, too. (laughs) We'll get into that. He didn't didn't block
2: you yet, though, did he? No, No, I don't follow him, though,
0: so he can't block me. I mean, Rappaport
2: pretty much just retweets and tweets whatever uh, Schefter puts out, so it's it's
0: And then talks out of his ass (laughs) on any other thing, because according to Ian Rappaport, quickly, I'll get to... Oh, you're
2: jumping ahead to a Baker thing, right?
0: No, we have no Baker stuff scheduled today. I want everyone (laughs) at home to know that. Baker is an afterthought for the Cleveland Browns (laughs) and for me. Until he actually gets traded and becomes relevant again, he is a non-factor in my life. However... Ian Rappaport over the last week has said Baker is a candidate for the Panthers. He said Baker is a candidate for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And then just the other day said Baker is a candidate to still be the Browns starter this season. If Sean Watson's uh, suspended
1: Hmm.
0: no fucking way. I didn't do drugs today in Rappaport. You apparently did too many the day you thought about saying that on national television, (laughs) because that's one of the dumbest things I've ever heard. There's absolutely no fucking chance Baker Mayfield will play for the Cleveland Browns ever again. And in the same week to say two different teams, and then come back and go, it might be Cleveland. Just goes to show you that some of these reporters just talk out of their asses, and they actually have no idea what they're talking about. They just say things for clickbait. Yeah, so I don't follow Ian Rapaport.
2: You got to get those views. You got to get those people to to, to talk Apparently, about it.
0: And it. That's the sad part is that it has. And that's why I it's exactly gone viral. knew
2: what you were going to talk about as yeah. soon as you mentioned. I mentioned is because that's been the talk of that the Cleveland Sports quote Show that he
0: had has gone viral, and it's everyone's basically just saying. No fucking way is is the common response from Clevelanders. So I'm not going to dwell on Baker. We're not going to talk about him, but Ian Rappaport is a fucking idiot, so I don't follow him on anything. Um, in Browns news, though, we will talk about the positives. Denzel Ward, that man got paid. Local kid, Clevelander, the Ohio State University, Cleveland Browns, number four overall pick in the 2018 NFL draft, got paid. He got a five year one hundred point one hundred million, well, I'm sorry, one hundred point five million dollar contract. Half a million dollars more than Jalen Ramsey. The Browns are setting the new bar for contracts.
2: I love it. I feel like every GM in the NFL hates the Browns organization. Just based on what they're what the, the precedent they're, they're putting the out right now, they're they're, they're like, fucking Christ. Now we have to go and give all this guaranteed money to, Ram-. you know, he's up next to get paid. I think next year is his contract. Year. Who is this Ramsey? I think, Jaylen, uh, I think maybe yes and no. he,
0: he might get paid pretty handsomely. But from Every corner. every cornerback
2: Rams. right now is like, yep, that's exactly what we're going for.
0: Absolutely. I mean, you have to be good. You have to back it up
2: and, and you know what's, how you get those what's contracts. great about this is in four years, the Browns are going to, they look like geniuses already, but in four years, that money, that, that guaranteed money is going to be so high because we, we paid Ward, but in, in three years, in, instead of 70 million guaranteed, it's going to be like 90. It's going to be five years for 130. Yeah. So these teams have to shell out so much money. And the Browns, are like, well, that sucks because we, we got in early when the getting was good. So
0: Salary caps will continue to go up, especially with the more money that gets brought into the Cleveland or to, to the NFL overall. And the Browns are just ahead of the game because, surprisingly enough, I get it. It's all about the future. But yeah. this year, 2022, currently, The Browns have the second most cap space in the NFL.
2: 28 and a half million, I believe. With a
0: chance, with some restructuring, if they can get Baker off the books. More money. They'll be the number one team with cap space. That's absurd. And we have a Super Bowl contending roster. It's crazy. It's absurd. Andrew Barry is playing chess, not checkers. He is dominating the NFL. He's making other GMs look bad. He's making other organizations look bad. He is screwing teams for their future. As we said before, (laughs) playing chess, Deshaun Watson got handsomely paid. Jimmy Haslam has the cash to back that up. He put Deshaun Watson's contract in escrow. So that cash is ready. The owner of the Bengals, Mike Smith, does not have that kind of money to back up a huge contract like that to Joe Burrow, which Joe Burrow will be asking for in a couple of years. You can bet your bottom dollar on that. Oh, yeah. And Andrew Barry is just making everyone look bad. The Los Angeles Charters owner, his name slips my mind, not relevant. He is not known for being a big spender. He does not have the kind of money that Jimmy Haslam has. He will have to pay Justin Herbert in a few years, a huge contract like Deshaun Watson's doesn't have the money to back it up.
2: I'm more curious to see what the Baltimore owner has to do here in a year because and that's, that's coming up too, next. because I
0: think he has the money to pay Lamar Jackson. It's just Lamar Jackson is a weird individual representing himself. Won't take the contract offer from the Ravens. He is betting on himself. He is now currently going into his fifth year rookie option. So he will be on basically one year deals for the next three years until he signs a long term deal which is never a good thing in the NFL No, with an injury prone guy like Lamar Jackson. If he gets hurt, continuously gets hurt. The Ravens could say, fuck it. See you later. We'll move on without you. Right. And then he's sitting there. Maybe a team will pay him a ton of money. So good for him. If that's his end game, Mm -hmm. but there goes the Ravens quote unquote dynasty that they're working on right now. Right. So it's a double-edged sword. Uh, Definitely a a weird situation for Lamar Jackson to be in. I don't really know what he's waiting on uh, to sign a contract. doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me, but the longer he waits, the more chance he has of not being in the AFC North anymore, He's yeah,
2: He's one injury away from it not, not being a very good contract for him. I'm all for it. Sad, I mean, yeah, we're all for it here in Cleveland, but sadly, he's betting on himself. And before we get any further, we always forget to mention this, Justin, but you have to call the Fitch Trash Bin Cleaning Services LLC oh, yeah, hotline. Forget. 440-444-7251. We're on a roll. The last two episodes we've had, we've had some good callers, so please call us.
0: Yeah, um, Josh Allen will get paid, Chip, but – he already got his big contract from the Bills. So did Patrick Mahomes. So right now, those kind of contracts almost look like bargains, right? Compared to the guaranteed money that Deshaun Watson is getting from the Cleveland Browns.
2: So, Greg, what's your thought on Denzel? Are you happy we signed him for a long term, or were you were
0: I'm, you not sure? Oh, I'm pretty happy. You know,
3: cornerback's a premium position, and you can tell where their priorities are. You know, lock down Miles mm-hmm. Garrett, edge rusher, lock mm-hmm. down a quarterback, right. lock down your corner. You know, they've identified what the premium positions are, and they're locking up premium talents in those spots.
0: Speaking of Deshaun Watson, Greg, your first time on the show here since we've moved to Redline, uh, I want to ask you because I've asked every other guest, which has only been one Dan Romer. Uh, <laughs> but what are your thoughts on the Deshaun Watson move? How do you feel as a not only a Browns fan, but also just a man with a daughter, with a wife, et cetera? How do you feel about the Deshaun Watson move? Does that make you feel weird morally or are you all for it? Oh, yeah, I'm not thrilled about it.
3: it oh, does, really? It okay. does not make me feel good. OK, OK. I mean, you know. No, 100%, 20, 22 sexual assault it. cases. You know, yep. And I know that your comment is, is what about Jim Brown? You know, which is a valid comment. They do bring him out a lot. And he's, he also did some very bad things. Sure. But at the same time, you know, times have changed. Oh yeah. yeah. It's very hard to, to know this and be okay with it. You know, I don't right. know how I'm going to feel. Watching the Browns, probably not. Probably not great. It's gonna yeah. be, you know, if they do win the Super Bowl,
0: it's definitely gonna be. So it doesn't a
3: bittersweet taste.
0: It doesn't affect you any way that he's so far beaten the the multiple grand juries. Doesn't make you feel any better about it. I'm not trying to convince you no. by any stretch. Don't don't take this as me trying to like yeah. sway you. Just a legit question. So you seeing him beat those uh, grand juries with zero evidence to actually criminally charge him with anything. You still are. You how do you feel like you feel like he's actually guilty or you're kind of indifferent or unsure. I mean, I feel like he's probably guilty. You know, the statistics
3: are there for sexual mm-hmm. assault cases. It, it comes down to he said, she said. Sure. But false accusations are, are incredibly rare. Mm-hmm. You know, in, in this case where there's smoke, there's fire. There's so many cases. Mm-hmm. It's just, yeah, I, I think he's I think he did something for sure. And okay. I, I don't think it was good. It may not meet the criminal standard, but that doesn't mean he didn't do it. Sure. So, you know, we can't know for sure, but there's a lot of a lot of evidence here.
1: Do you think false accusations are really that rare? Yeah, I don't have the
3: I don't have the stats in
1: front of me, but they're they're actually
3: incredibly rare. It seems like they get a lot more press than actual false accusations occur.
0: See, from my from my perspective as a sports fan, the false accusations seem to be a little heavier because I've seen a lot of pro athletes get false accusations and it costs them their careers. And then it turns out years later, the woman will come out and say, "I made it up. He didn't do anything. The guy gets let out of jail. Whatever." But at that time, he's 28, 29. His career's over. His life's over. There's no redemption for him. She doesn't go to jail, et cetera. I've seen it happen a lot. Uh, it's unfortunate. And again, I'm not saying that's the case here. Uh, maybe they it did happen. But yeah, I just like to get the thoughts of the, a new person on here before the season starts because obviously sports is a huge factor in everyone's life. But then something like this off the field, something with when you, again, morally, you have a family, you have, you know, women, wife's, daughters, whatever, sisters, cousins, Um, I like to get everyone's opinion, so that's a that's a good take from you, Greg. It's interesting to hear that. I respect your thoughts completely.
2: Well, unfortunately, we're not going to know anything this year because I, I'm pretty sure they're pushing off the entire civil case or civil cases until next year, for at least most of them, I believe. Um, But I would assume if he beats all 22 of these civil cases, and if I'm not if I'm not mistaken, I believe they're actually putting two of them um, through a civil trial before the season starts. I think they're taking and I could be wrong, but I, this, someone called in the sports show was a lawyer and, and talked about this, and I think it's even mentioned too, is that they're bringing two cases forward. I, if I'm not mistaken, I believe it's like the worst, the worst scenario or the best scenario, and they're going to see how they play in a civil trial. And obviously, depending on how those go, will really open the door to see what takes place with the rest of the 20 cases after that. So if he beats all of these 22 civil cases and they find no grounds for movement or moving forward with them, would that change your opinion? Or do you still in the back of your mind think, nah, there's there's no way they, he might beat them civil and, and criminal, but I, I, there's something that took place that makes him a crummy guy.
3: Yeah. You know, that's a good question. Uh, I can't really say right now. Right. We'll have to see how it goes. Sure. We'll have to see what comes out during the cases. Right. But yeah. right now, you know, there's definitely something in the back of my mind where I would be happier if we had any other great quarterback than him.
2: Okay. Fair enough. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah. I mean, uh, the unfortunate thing is more than likely what's going to happen because that's just what happens in sports is there will be a, a settlement probably for the civil cases. And uh, I mean, I've, it, we've done it as Browns fans to make fun of Ben Roethlisberger who did the same thing. I, I think the situations and the circumstances with the, the issues are apples to oranges, but uh, settling for a, a civil suit is not necessarily an admission of guilt, but it makes people assume that. So I, I do think I, I doubt we'll ever really know what happened. I think eventually Deshaun Watson's, People and the Browns organization and the NFL will tell him basically just settle, get this over with, water under the bridge, move on instead of letting him fight this because that could take years, that could take millions of dollars. It's a whole thing. I don't think they're going to want to go through with it. So I think we're never going to really get down to the bottom of it. So well, I hope we do. I hope we as do. As Browns
2: fans, we we can all attest that this ends uh, on this stage right now that we, yes, assume that a civil case that, civil, uh, that settles out of court, we assume guilt. I mean, Ben Ben Roethlisberger.
0: Yeah, but again, like I said, apples to oranges in those cases. Those I women get it. I'm just saying that when that went he to settled, the hospital so just, to get rape kits, things like that. Right, so, I get it. And there wasn't evidence from the women saying, I just worked with Deshaun Watson. I loved it. And then accused him of stuff a month later, et cetera. Again, I'm not, not trying to change right. people's thoughts. But apples to oranges in terms of the cases, I don't think we'll ever know the truth. So we'll go from there. But yeah, good take, Greg. It's good to hear a little different side of the spectrum because most people that I've talked to, specifically for me, they, they're all for it. They love Deshaun. Deshaun, excuse me, being in Cleveland. So it's good to hear a different side. Yeah, happy to share. All right. (laughs) Speaking of the Browns and criminal issues, investigations, et cetera, Hugh Jackson, one of the worst hires in Browns history, a big fucking idiot. He came forward weeks ago, months ago, whatever, was trying to (laughs) piggyback on the Brian Flores Miami tanking story, et cetera. And he said the Browns were paying him to tank. He then retracted what he said, said that he was never technically told to tank. They just obviously were a bad team. He was getting paid. We sucked. We lost. It is what it is. <clears throat> now the NFL, and this is my conspiracy. I wish I was in the bunker with conspiracy Carl right now because I have a conspiracy.
2: <laughs> Lots of conspiracies right now.
0: I think the NFL and the Cleveland Browns, this is, again, just a conspiracy. I know nothing. I'm just telling you my thoughts. I think they worked out a deal, and the Browns said, please investigate us. Let the world know that the NFL is clean. They did not tank. They did not pay anybody. Nothing happened to kind of save their image because Miami looks bad. If they clear Cleveland kind of helps kind of removes a little bit of a black eye for the NFL. Maybe in return, just incompetent. Possibly. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, uh, uh, what's his face? Who is our Sashi Brown? Sashi Brown just literally could not put a team together and Hugh Jackson could not coach them. We have nothing to hide. We will 100% prove that now. With that being said, here's my conspiracy thoughts. They made a deal. The NFL is going to investigate the Cleveland Browns. They're going to find nothing. The NFL is going to come out and say, we found nothing. There's no tanking in the NFL, et cetera. Maybe Deshaun Watson gets a reduced sentence if he ends up getting suspended down the line. I love the conspiracy. That's my conspiracy Mm -hmm. thoughts.
2: I love the conspiracy. Again, I have nothing to back this up. This is just me when I
0: saw that. I was like, huh.
2: This will be the quickest investigation the NFL has ever done in the history of NFL investigations.
0: Which shame on the NFL for even going through with it because Hugh Jackson himself has retracted what he said. The NFL is still going to spend, God knows how much it costs for them to have a woman do this investigation. I can't imagine it's cheap. I, I have to think it's very expensive, it's time consuming, it's a waste of everyone's time and money. What money
2: means nothing to the shield. It's just, uh, it's just chump change.
0: Right. But it's just, I don't know. It's, it's a bad precedent. It looks bad
2: to me. Well, what makes me laugh even more is the fact that he's not only has Hugh Jackson retracted his statement about his, you know, being paid to lose. He came back and said, Oh guys, look, I was told we had a four year plan. And at the second or the, the last two years of that plan is when we'd start winning. Yes. Every NFL coach right now is looking at you going, yes, that's how that happens. Yeah. The first two years, you're drafting, you're building, you're bringing in free agents, you're building your roster, you're building a plan, and then you start winning. That's that's how it works in the NFL. When you trade
0: out of the top two to accumulate picks and then still don't draft a franchise quarterback, obviously you're not in win-now mode. Right. Clearly, you're not, you're not going anywhere when you drafted Deshaun Kaiser. Uh, and in response to Dave, who said Big Ben is the Browns' daddy. Um, Who's Dave? he's a guy I think he was here earlier I don't know I've never, never I met believe
2: him. he was here earlier but it's <laughs> weird I don't see him anymore
0: uh would a daddy sit on a bench crying in his lap because Ben the Browns made Ben do that that's never happened on this side of the Browns the, the, the field that's true I, I can't recall any Browns players sitting on the bench crying away their sorrows like I wish we had the picture handy but we don't it's not a big deal but you guys know what it looks like you can just
2: Google cry baby and I'm pretty sure it pops my up
0: favorite part is that he cried his eyes out and then he came back and everyone was like, yeah, redemption for Ben. And then <laughs> he sucked and then he had to fucking retire and it's the end of his career. I love it. I love it so much. Um, yeah. I, is our Ben's wins over the Browns really impressive when the Browns were that terrible?
1: No. It's know.
0: basically like he went and beat a high school team. Congratulations, I guess. I don't know. Is that is that good? You feel good? We made, him, we made him cry because he got fucking embarrassed on a national stage. I'll never forget that. Mm-hmm. That is my defining moment for Ben Roethlisberger's career was crying on the bench with Marquise Pouncey. I think
2: you have that picture frame, don't you?
0: I'm getting it tattooed. I think <laughs> where, <laughs> and your lower back, maybe right on my forehead just so I can see it every day in the mirror. <laughs> I'll never forget that.
2: Um, so you think this whole thing' things a sham The NFL, this sixth investigating. You think it's, a, it, you it, you has think to it just, I mean, it doesn't
0: make sense because again, he's retracted. There's really no, it's a non-story. The Browns have put out how many statements they've said, there's nothing to see here. We we are 100 percent transparent with the NFL. Whatever they want to know, we'll tell them. And they're like, well, we're going to have a woman do a thorough investigation. And, right. And it's just I don't know. Something's weird about it. You know, I think it could be part of their lawsuit defense because Brian Flores is suing the NFL.
2: True.
3: Didn't Hugh Jackson join the lawsuit and said he was also discriminated? He against? didn't
0: join it. So he came out and just okay. he tried to claim that the same thing happened. And then he retracted and backed out. Yeah, so he's well, not actually a part of the lawsuit, to my knowledge. I don't think so. No, he
2: didn't jump on it. He just saw yeah. the cool ass car driving by. He it just got, got him some
0: it, publicity, so. basically. Well, it could be that if his statements are brought up in the lawsuit, mm. you know, the
3: NFL then has a study to investigation to discredit it.
0: That's true. I mean, that could be it too. But either way, I mean, the Browns are open. They said whatever you want to know, we'll, we'll be happy to tell you and show you because. Yeah, I guarantee it, this hide.
2: investigation will be done by the next time we record, which will be next Wednesday. It, it's nothing's, nothing's coming out of it. No one's going to find anything, and we're moving on. We're moving on with life.
0: Absolutely. I just like the conspiracy thought. He's got to
2: build that. He's got to build that book tour like conversation though, because you know, and yeah, like, been working years, a book
0: for ten years. He's writing a book. It's never coming. Going to drop
2: all those juicy comments in history and story about working with the Browns. And
0: if he did, I mean, I would read it. Don't get me wrong, but he's kind of waiting a little too long, and now that he's telling. Some some tall tales and retracting things that he said. It makes me kind of go, "Well, fuck! I'm not really going to believe half the shit he says anyway." Then now
2: we'll do it we'll do a podcast where we just read chapter by chapter uh, on air. For uh we'll here.
0: probably do yeah. that around the time we talk about golf. <laughs> if we want to put all the <laughs> listeners to sleep, now
2: I got to wait another ten years to talk about golf. I understand. Yeah, that's like a uh,
0: show. It's it's maybe leap year.
2: Maybe I, I figure you would talk about who won. No, it's okay. We don't want to talk about it because it just brings up you know Justin going to take a nap in the corner and everything. Was there golf over the weekend? Oh, it's like three weeks ago,
0: man, with the oh. Masters. It's okay. Oh, I forgot. We're, it we're moving on. Tiger, Tiger didn't win. It was irrelevant. I mean, that's it, all I even It was about relevant anyway. to
2: the fact that Tiger made the cut. That's a big story.
0: Eh. Eh, okay, moving on. Eh. I'm moving on from that. All right, uh, speaking of moving <laughs> on, we have to move on from the Cavaliers season. It came to a bitter, bitter end on Friday night against the Atlanta Hawks. To play-in game, I fucking hate the play-in because the Cavs had to do it. Any other teams, I actually enjoyed the games. They're fun. They're exciting watching the Cavs do it, watching the Cavs lose. I hate the play-in tournament. Um, Let's
2: give it up for the Cavs, though. What a season, though.
0: Great season. Injuries like a son of a bitch. Uh, Hard to overcome. What can you do? Uh, You have a great young team that weren't expected to do much. They they surpass all the expectations, and then some. Vegas had them pegged at like 25 wins. They end up winning 40-something. Tremendous year. Don't get me wrong. Great year. Then – Right at the end, when you needed everybody to come through, that's when the injury bug hit. You lost uh, Jared Allen for most of the, I, I quote unquote, second half of the season after the All Star break. You miss Evan Mobley with an ankle injury for a while. Devin uh, Darius Garland, I'm sorry, had a back injury that lingered for a lot of the year. Uh, next thing you know, the Cavs went from being a potential top three seed to they were the eight seed, sneaking in in the play in tournament, and they went zero for two. Uh, the Hawks game started out great. I'm not going to lie, I was really excited. It looked like the the Cavs had it in the first half. They had a 15-point lead. They were shutting down Trey Young. Everything was looking good. We were watching the game together. At halftime, first thing I said, they have to continue to contain Trey Young. Do not let him start scoring and going off. Second half, Trey Young had the best half of basketball in his entire NBA career. He scored, I think, 32 points in the second half. The Cavs had no answer for him. Darius Garland, I hate to say it. Pitiful performance in that play-in game.
2: Not good. He well, he did what he thought he had to do.
0: Yeah, it wasn't enough. And, and it when was you're not the, enough. When you're the number one player on a team, which Darius Garland is trying to be that person, you have to step up in those games. Look at what Trey Young did in the second half. Right. I'm not asking for 32 points and a half from Darius Garland. I'm asking you to shoot a little bit better than like 20% from right. threes, like he did. Um, now, that makes me want to question, though, J.B. Bickerstaff, because J.B. Bickerstaff made some very questionable moves in the second half. Um. He never. I, I won't even say the second half. The entire game, he never brought in Lamar Stevens. Right. Lamar Stevens is not a great offensive player. He's a little bit of a liability. However, he hustles. He plays great defense. He would have tried to lock down Trey Young to at least make his life a little more difficult. Zero minutes. Sure. Chetty Osman, a wing player, which we are hurting for. Karis Levert is good, not great. So that far, one, as this that one confused the cast. me a lot. It's Chetty Osman did not get a minute in that game. We ran a an eight man rotation, if I'm not mistaken, and that's it. In a play-in game, you're only rolling with eight guys, which means you're you're not subbing a lot of people. And when you have a guy like Stevens, I agree. Stevens isn't great, but Stevens could come out there and play a little bit of defense. It's like the deli on Steph Curry in the finals in 2015. You have this guy who's not great, but he's going to come in. He's going to apply a little bit of pressure on Trey Young, make his life a little difficult, be a little gritty with him. You have six fouls in the NBA. Let him come in and get a couple hard fouls on Trey Young. Kind of put him on his ass. Maybe make him think twice about doing something. Instead, we did nothing
2: it's like that eight man rotation moved down to a six man rotation when it got to that's, the second half. That's out. how it felt. And then he just stuck with what he thought was going to win the game. And, and just to back up a little bit to what we were talking about, we both said before we even came on Redline, we were doing our podcast from your, your, your basement. We said that, they're going to get gas. The Cavs will get gas in the second half, and due to them getting gas, getting tired, getting worn out, injuries are going to happen. We both talked about that. You called it. We talked about it, and we were we were right. Injuries were going to be the reason why this team did not either a make the playoffs or b or b make it deep in the playoffs. And unfortunately, it was correct.
0: I mean, but, I fully understand that that you're limited with the injuries. But sure. JB Bickerstaff's rotations, I, I feel like he was over excuse me overusing people. Kind of reminded me a little bit of like Tom Thibodeau. Right. Tom Thibodeau has been known for overplaying his players, wearing them out, come playoff time. Everyone's tired. And it's kind of what JB did.
2: He ran Uh, a tight rotation all year. So many
0: injuries. You're limited to who you can bring in. You can't, obviously, you're not going to go to the bottom of the bench and start bringing in, uh, you know, guys you've never even heard of off the street. Like Moses Brown deserved to not play in that play-in game. Don't get me wrong. But Lamar Stevens, Chetty Osman, these were guys that had pretty big roles with the Cavs for most of the season. And in a play-in game, a must-win, you couldn't give him a minute or two just to kind of see if they were hot. If Chetty Osman came in and played three minutes and he shoots 0 of 3 and turns the ball over, pull him. Short leash, 100%. You don't bring him in at all. And Lamar Stevens, again, the guy can play defense. He hustles. He's a good he, – he's he's a reminiscent of Matthew Della Vidova. Right. Didn't get a minute in the game. Who could have covered Trey Young, who nobody on our team could obviously cover. It doesn't make sense to me. It's honestly makes me – I was very questionable of of J.B. Bickerstaff right after the game, and I like J.B. Bickerstaff a lot. makes me wonder, was his contract extension a little premature?
2: I mean, I think it's too early to say. I still think he's a great coach. I think he's going to be a great coach for this team next year. Um, there was just a couple of things that we I, – I was questioning. I don't think the LeVert trade worked out to how we thought it would work out.
0: Yes and no. I mean, I don't think there was much else we could have done with that draft pick.
2: Well, I get what we were trying to do by bringing somebody who could be ball dominant and right. still score. It just didn't work out in our favor because there were times where we did put the ball in his hand and it didn't work out very well.
0: And that's another good point too, from Bill uh, Kevin Love played 10 minutes and only had two field goal attempts. He was like, he's a contender for six man of the year. He at times came into games and he put up, you know, 15 to 20 points in 10 minutes, right? Like he can shoot the lights out when he's hot. Just for some reason, the offense wasn't flowing. The defense, obviously, Kevin Love is not a defensive player. He's not known for that. But to not have Lamar Stevens play a couple of minutes on Trey Young to me is just—I—I I, I have trouble sleeping at night thinking about that.
2: You got but, the, maybe got the nerves, Coach. Got the nerves going into this game at second half and said, "I just need to." I think we have to stick with what maybe got us here in this right side rotation. It sucks to admit, that.
0: but as I watch, as I watch the Heat just dismantle.
2: Oh, we would have the Atlanta I Hawks. Think have been okay against the Heat.
0: I don't know. I don't know.
2: We probably would have lost a series, but I think we would have taken one or two games against them.
0: I really don't know if we can keep up with them. They have such an energy and they play. They're one of the best defensive teams in the league. I don't think the young Cavs team would have known what to do with that. Um, Either way, like you said, I don't think we were winning the series regardless, even if we won a game or two. Uh, So I'd rather have the draft pick. I'd rather have the lottery pick we got from, for Karis LeVert. So, and yeah, we have no shooters off the bench. That's where Colin Sexton would come in handy. Uh, We need a wing player for sure. We need a, no questions asked wing scorer. That's the number one thing the Cavs need to address in the off season. Hopefully that uh, Kobe Altman can do that. Um, overall though, like you said, they surpassed expectations. The Cavaliers had a really good season. I'm happy with everything that they did. I just wish it didn't end the way that it ended. Sexton back next year. I have to think so. Okay. I mean, I think if he accepts his role, comes off the bench, it's a great fit. It's a, who could we have used on Friday night? A scorer off the bench. Yeah. What is Colin Sexton? If he buys in, A score off the bench, but what kind of
3: contract is he going to accept?
0: That's the other thing too. Um, I can't imagine he's going to want a max because coming off the injury, he hasn't played to a level to deserve a max contract. I think he'll get paid handsomely. Uh, The other thing too, is maybe the Cavs offer him like a one-year prove it kind of deal. They keep him for kind of injury. Yeah. Coming off injury because uh, you want to keep your own. The NBA lets you pay extra to keep your own. Dan Gilbert is not afraid to cut a check. I would love to see Colin Sexton here. I think they're going to make it work. Um, I'm not positive on the salary cap, the Cavs situation right now. Uh, but I have to imagine they have a little bit of flexibility because we don't have, I mean, we'll, we'll give Darius Garland a max contract. Obviously you're paying Jared Allen hundred million. Evan Mobley's on a rookie contract. Karis Avert's contract has one year remaining. You're not really paying anybody too much besides Kevin Love, who right now, I hate to say it, his trade value has never been higher. Right. So if the Cavs wanted to move on from Kevin Love, now's the time to do it. You're probably going to accumulate a ton of assets in return for him. I'd hate to see him go personally. I'd like him to retire a Cavalier, but uh, in, in terms of the future, it would make sense. And I'd, I'd, I'd understand.
2: I also think too, that Sexton wants to be in Cleveland. It uh, Seems like it. And I think that's going to play in the favor of what kind of contract we can offer him. Yeah. And then he'll agree to, I think that him wanting to be in Cleveland and stick around means he's willing to take that hometown discount and stick around.
0: I mean, it seems like JB Bickerstaff and the team in general has just great camaraderie and, Everyone that's already here wants to be here. They love playing for each other. And, I mean, the future's bright. Uh, just a bummer the way it ended. But, again, with the Karis Levert trade, you do get that. It was a lottery-protected first-round pick. So you basically traded Karis Levert for a swap of second-round picks for, like, 2026 or whatever year it is. It's not even relevant. Who cares? Um, great trade. Got the lottery pick back. Sucks how it all ended, but that's what injuries do.
3: I think if they can get anything for Love, I think he's gone. I think if it at the beginning of the year, if they would yeah. have gotten anything for him. He I mean, going, if I'm not mistaken,
0: I think I think Love has one year left on his contract, yeah. so it makes him a, way way more tradable. Right. Uh, so expiring contracts yeah. are like gold in the NBA,
2: especially if he locks down that Sixth Man of the Year. I mean, just how good he's been this year. He too.
0: won't. It's going to go to Tyler Hero, um, but very well deserved. He should get a vote yeah. or two at least for you know second or third that, place. Like you
2: said that makes his trade value like you absolutely. Want this the guy. season he had was tremendous. What a team player this guy is. Bring yeah. him on your team. He bought he's all the veteran you need. Yeah.
0: Uh, Love's trade value isn't huge unless a team cuts his expiring contract. They won't get much for him. I don't know about that. I think a veteran team could use a guy like Kevin love. You could use the veteran leadership, a a, a veteran team by that. I mean, a team that's like on the cusp of winning Kevin love would be tremendous for a team like that. That can afford him.
1: He is a champion.
0: Absolutely. Hell yeah, he is. And that adds a lot of value to it, to a locker room. Um, so we'll see what happens again. I'd hate to see it just, unfortunately the, the way sports goes, Uh, people you love, the team you enjoy, it's going to come back with a different look. It's just inevitable. Nothing you can do. As much as we'd love to see everybody stay, it'll be a little bit different. So we'll see what happens. Um, Technically, you could replace Love off the bench. You could bring in a couple of guys for two guys to equal his contract. could probably give you equal production, and that also gives you a couple more bodies to bring in 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 clutch series, clutch games, such as the play-in thing. We'll see what happens, though. I would like for them to all stay, but a veteran team, they could afford them easily, Bill. Come on. Who are you kidding? Expiring contracts. Do you know the NBA? Let's let's be honest.
2: It's about as fictional as that cap.
0: Yeah. They make shit work (laughs) in the NBA. I agree completely. Exactly. Lee said it perfectly. A team that thinks Kevin Love is their missing link. There could be a team that has a great starting five, but their bench is kind of weak, and they have a little bit of money and flexibility. You bring in a guy like Kevin Love to be your sixth man, and that could be tremendous. That could
2: be huge for a team. So we'll see what happens. Picturing love in a, in a Warriors jersey next year.
0: He doesn't play defense. He ain't going to the Warriors. <laughs> Unfortunately, that's one team I think we can cross off the bucket list. I don't think he's even going to buy in for Steve Kerr. We'll see. The NBA playoffs, though, are going hot and heavy right now. We actually just saw the end to the Boston-Brooklyn game. Boston made a big comeback. We were watching the game a little bit earlier. I think Boston was down by like 10 or 15. They were. Next thing you know, we come here, I turn the game on, and – Boston wins. So that's big. Brooklyn is now down two games to none. Rumors they're going to try to get Ben Simmons back. I don't think it's going to make a difference.
2: Nope.
0: I mean, you got a guy that hasn't played in in a year, making his NBA new team debut for this season in the middle of an O2 playoff deficit. Good luck.
2: He'll be eight minutes max, 10 minutes max off the bench. Yeah, you have to wean him in. Because a guy guy
0: getting into game shape is night and day different than a guy just, you know, playing in a regular season. He's not going to make
2: the flow of the game go in the favor of the Nets. He's he's going to be more of a distraction, if anything, because they're not used to playing with him, and they're going to try to work him into it. It's just going to mess everything and up. And the media frenzy. I think
0: I can only imagine the uh, the, the, the type of coverage it's going to get for Ben Simmons making his big return to the NBA and his his debut for the Brooklyn Nets and all the shit that he did over the last year, the right. drama. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens if they try to bring him back. It shows, for me, it's, it's a desperation move. They they do need him because Brooklyn is one of the worst defensive teams in the NBA, and as it shows right now, they just gave up 114 to to Boston. Who'd
2: you pick in this game
0: in the series? Yeah, I took Boston.
2: We both took Boston, right?
0: Yeah, I believe so. I don't okay. think I I know Brooklyn's defense is terrible, and I don't think they stood a chance against Boston. So I took Brooklyn, uh, or yeah, so I took Boston. It's
2: been a fun, um, been a fun opening couple of games though for the NFL play. I mean NBA playoffs.
0: Yeah, a couple couple questionable ones. I mean, we talked about last week before it started. I joked about how. The Dallas Mavericks are always so close to being great. And then Luca gets hurt and he got hurt before the playoffs started.
2: Is he out the entire series or just he's game by game?
0: No. So he actually said that he will um, assess his injury. And if they tell him he can play and it won't make it any, any worse, he's going to be out there for his team.
2: I need that boy out there playing. I I, I picked the Mavericks. I need him to win.
0: I agree with, with Lee's comment there about how Ben Simmons is not that kind of guy. He's not going to, jump onto the court and be a warrior to, to will his team to victory. I think if anything, he comes on Nuisance. and they, they look worse because again, they, they have to get adjusted to each other. It takes time. Look at any team that trades for a bunch of pieces that gives themselves a big three or whatever. It, it starts off. You think on paper, they're going to be dominant. It, right. it takes a while. It, there's a lot of adjustment, especially in the NBA. You have to know where people like the ball, certain spots, things like that. So mm-hmm. we'll see what happens. And then, yeah, I mean, Dallas playing without Luca split the series one and one with, um, are they facing right now they're facing uh the jazz the jazz
1: yeah
0: <clears throat> pretty boring series if i'm being honest i've tried to watch some of the games and it's it's a lot of without luca for me it's
2: unwatchable basketball the only exciting series to watch right now is the warriors because steph curry's just on fire it's not even that
0: exciting i mean it's blowouts so it's one of those things like i feel i feel horrible for the joker for watching nikola joke nikola jokic or the fuck you say his first name you were um it,
2: i'll take it it's acceptable
0: I, I i feel bad for him when you watch that game he's literally out there by himself
2: I mean, I, mean, they, I they know Jamal
0: put- Murray's hurt, and when Jamal Murray's healthy, they're they're a better team. Um, same with uh, Michael Michael Carter Jr. or whatever his name is, Michael Porter Jr. And a lot of injuries there for for the Nuggets, and Jokic can only really do so much by himself. He's a great player. Watching him try to dominate by himself is, is fun, and it usually gets them till about the third quarter. Then the Warriors pull away. Yeah, the shooting just,
2: just you can't keep it.
0: Yeah, it's over. So again, I want it on record for everybody that watches the show. Last week we oh, did our picks.
1: Boy.
0: I I went with my 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 heart instead of my gut when I was going over picks, and it's on my paper. If anybody wants to see it, you can all vouch for it. Nobody I, cares. I picked Golden State initially, but live on the show, I was like, "Fuck it, I'm going with the with the uh, the Nuggets,"
1: because I hate
0: the Warriors so much. At the time, also, I didn't know Steph Curry would be back. So in my defense, that's what I did. Yeah, Draymond doing a good job. Um, I feel like the, the the Warriors are getting away with a little bit of extra contact as watching those games. But that, that's how they've always been. They're a physical team. They get away with some shit, some more power to them. Uh, I just wish it we went the other way. I wish Jokic could eliminate them. That'd be great for me and great for the punishment the, coming up.
2: Well, the punishment has been voted on.
0: Yeah, it we has have It
2: has been agreed upon. The people have spoken. And the, the punishment, which is hopefully not going on this side of the table. More than likely. Probably, yeah. Is, Okay, both of you, really. Let's let's just be honest. Thanks, guys. Tim, your thoughts?
1: (laughs) I'm with Kyle on this one. I'm hoping it's not on this side.
2: Oh, wow. All right, all right. We got split decision, baby. two and two. I'll take it. The final vote has been tallied, and it's going to be whoever loses is taking the nasty jelly beans, (laughs) eating them, and then they're getting tased. And it's going to be live on air. Everyone can watch at home. Share with your friends, your sisters, your brothers. It's not going to feel good, probably. Yeah, um, you,
0: uh, you lovely people at home that got the vote, you decided to go with, which I, I knew was coming, the the double punishment. The double punishment. I'm all for it, honestly. I think the last punishment Kyle Kyle took was pretty it was weak. It was pretty, pretty weak. I had him eat raw eggs. I've done that. I do that for fun at home. Like, I do that a lot. You, you so. do
2: that for fun at home? Yeah.
0: Okay. It's, it's, a, it's a good time. Okay. Brown, cage-free, organic eggs.
2: You just swallow them whole.
0: The only ones I'll suck down without without cooking. Wow. I call them
2: slunkers such a man do you play the rocky theme song while you're getting ready to go in the morning too
0: that's only when i beat up raw meat
2: oh um, got it okay
0: when i'm punching
2: Wait, hold on did you say when you beat up your raw meat or just raw no, meat no, my meat's not
0: raw my, my, okay. my meat okay. is
2: fresh i
1: just want to make
0: sure <laughs> um but yeah i sing that song every morning when i get up i brush my teeth i jog in place it's a whole production <laughs> Just me getting ready
1: for work. Run up these stairs enough. Huh?
0: I know. It's a fucking hike, dude. We need a, a lift chair. I'm going to tell Dave to put one of those in. Forget a water cooler. <laughs> give me a lift chair.
2: <laughs> It'd take us like a half hour to get from the bottom to the top. One of these days. <laughs> We're hoping,
0: Lee, that's the plan. Wear a diaper, Kyle. Because, I mean, let's be honest. We know who it's going to happen Come to. on now. More than likely. Um, one thing I want to talk about, though, was Kyrie Irving. giving the finger to the crowd, the NBA kind of, swept it under the rug they came out with a fifty thousand Slap on the wrist told him don't do it again blah 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 like we don't condone this type of behavior etc I mean you're, you're giving the finger to the fans you're talking shit Kyrie Irving has been a problem child uh, it, I guess it is kind of hard to say suspension for for talking bad and flipping off a fan it is a little dramatic but I do think a fifty thousand dollar fine is kind of a it's nothing they should penalize him a little bit more and tell him like one more incident from Irving will result in a suspension a bigger fine maybe, something like that. But sometimes the players can get a little too aggressive with the fans.
2: I'm a little curious to hear exactly what the Boston fans were saying to him, though, because let's be honest. Boston is they are known, a bunch of They're assholes. known for
0: being one of the <laughs> most racist places yeah. in the world, which is funny because they're kind of northeast.
2: Racism not funny. When
0: you think of racism, it's the south. I mean, <laughs> geographically it's funny because you don't think of racism in, in the north. That's right. always been a southern thing. But it's Boston that's probably the most racist city in the world, was, from what I've heard.
2: So I'm just curious to know what was being said to him. I'm not saying that he needs a reason to flip somebody out because Kyrie's just batshit crazy, but I'm curious to see what was coming from the fan side to make him react and give the the hidden double bird, which we all knew I, cameras were gonna catch it.
0: I have to think that in a public setting like that, in a in a crowded arena, fans aren't gonna yell racial things in 2022. Don't get me wrong, take me take them back to like the as we saw from the winning uh, time show with the Lakers. Oh yeah. Great you show go back to where they talk about Bill Russell. People broke into Bill Russell's house and shit on his bed. They took a human shit on his bed and they hated it because he was black. He won them 10 championships, 11 championships. Yeah. They hated him because he's black. That was 50 years ago, 60 years ago, whatever. So now you fast forward to 2022. I, I again, I, I can't imagine people are yelling racial obscenities in a crowded setting because people around you aren't going to put up with it.
2: But there's so many things that. In Kyrie, the old
0: days, there probably weren't black people in the lower level of, at a Boston Celtics game. So true. you can yell whatever you want at the black players because everyone around you is like, fuck yeah, with their pitchforks. Nowadays, you can't do that. <laughs> you, you're not allowed to do that. I,
2: I, I, But nowadays, though, there's so many things that Kyrie's sensitive about that you could say just uh, a unique thing to him that's going to trigger him. That's sure. going to say something. You could say the world is round, flat. He's going to get pissed. You could talk about his dad or something like that. He's going to get pissed. Yeah. I
0: but mean, I mean, Lee's bringing up a good point here. Now that everyone knows how sensitive Kyrie is, people just – when people see that, that little bit of vulnerability, they they want to expose that. Oh, yeah,
2: they they, they throw salt in the room. Yeah,
0: I mean, which, don't get me wrong, that's how I would do it for an opposing player. If I knew something that triggered them, I would try that. But for Kyrie to act out like that, if you're doing it to a bench guy that's a nobody, like if you're doing it to – what's the guy that blew? Lance Stevenson? If you're doing it to him, you expect a reaction. You expect him to be kind of crazy. Now, next thing you know, you're doing it to Kyrie Irving, one of the biggest names
2: in the NBA – And that Lance Stevenson blowing in LeBron's ear was one of the best best things ever.
0: But, but now that people know that a guy like him, like even Russell Westbrook's another guy that gets super triggered, gets in fights, yells with fans, right? People now go out of their way to do these things. You can't show that like LeBron is relatively quiet. He'll talk a little shit. He'll hit a three in someone's face and then fucking point at him or whatever. Uh, The only time he ever had that argument with anybody was when the fans told him they hope his kid dies in a car accident. And all he said was get them out of here. I want them thrown out. They did it. Everyone still tried to portray him as some fucking thin-skinned, weak, whatever. Um, but I think what he did there was completely right. You don't deserve to hear things like that. If you want to talk shit, call his mom a whore or whatever, tell him he's a piece of shit, whatever. Well, it is what it is.
2: They'd just be spitting facts at that point, though. Yeah, I mean. To an extent, she, she got around. She
0: was a loose lady. She had she had her fun.
2: I think that the story of the Nets this year, though, is that the entire team is sensitive. I mean, how many times has has KD been recorded on camera talking shit back to the fans?
0: Well, Kevin Durant wasn't thin-skinned. He talks shit to everyone. I know, what
2: I'm saying though, but how many times this season has like a fan from this oh, yeah. stands like recorded someone says, "Hey, guard him," and then Kevin Durant's like, "Go fuck yourself," basically. Yeah. you know, I, I get that's, it. That's who he is. That's just yeah, that's but, him. But that's just that the, the entire Nets team has just has this target on their back. Oh, there's any, I mean look any at, arena they go to people talk
0: shit. To look him. at Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant has been caught with multiple burner accounts on Twitter to defend himself. Best thing ever. He fights with teenagers who talk shit about him because he's so thin skinned. He spends his free time scouring Twitter, excuse me, to to defend himself right. as, as a fake persona, which is crazy. That's like you need mental help for that. Yeah. Like that's lunacy, in my opinion.
1: So y'all don't think like anything was was said absurd enough for, for Kyrie to Really throw up the finger? You don't think that was mild compared to what he could have done?
2: What's he gonna do? Jump the stands and get his ass beat by a kid? I mean, yeah, it, I mean, I can't imagine.
1: I can't
0: imagine it was too egregious, honestly. Just because, again, I, 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 I doubt. Look at the look at the spans right there. You see a ton of black people, lower level Boston Celtics. I can't imagine it was like racially driven or anything like that. Maybe they told him, "Hey, Kyrie, the Earth is round, you fucking idiot," and that was enough to trigger him. What oh,
2: do really, you think they said to really him? What's your
1: guess? I mean, I'm just thinking guy. maybe maybe they said something like, "I hope you." die on the way home from driving to from the stadium like i hope you fall off the earth because it's flat like you know what i mean it could have been something yeah
2: i mean that's those lines personal to kyrie i mean it could have been anything along the lines that something that he could have said or done or they could have said or done that put him over the edge again it's kyrie we don't know i mean yeah (laughs) but at the end of the day we all agree that there, there should be a line where you need to just let shit roll off your back it's gonna happen you're playing a game where fans are literally three or four feet away from you shit's going to be said shit's going to happen.
0: I think at the end of the day, what the end what the NBA did was, I guess, justified in not suspending him. I think I just, I'm a little bitter because the way he left Cleveland. So I, I, he's, I hate Kyrie.
2: You'd make a great commissioner.
0: He's on my shit list. So yeah, he would have been suspended for life for giving the fans a <laughs> finger. He'd have been beat roast immediately. Um, but that's just me. That's why I'm not commissioner. So we'll move on from that. Um, we're going to do team needs again this week. We're going to do these really quick so we can get right into baseball stuff with Greg. That's why he's here. Uh, he's been patiently sitting here waiting to just explode on baseball, and I can see it. He's getting he's charged a up. a pillow
2: over his pants right now. That's how excited he is. I know.
0: Coming. If you guys are watching home, the table's lifting because of Greg's baseball erection right now. It's that is so not pretending. a Louisville slugger in his pants out there, huge. ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> uh, so let's get right into it. We have AFC South, NFC South, AFC West, NFC West. We are going in order of the compass. So let's quickly get into it. Of the compass? We're going to start with... Um, Alphabetical order, of course, so that's the Houston Texans, number one uh, here today. They have the third and 13th overall pick. The 13th, of course, was acquired in their trade of Deshaun Watson to the Cleveland Browns. So let's start with them. They are a bad team. They need a lot. They are going to roll with um, Davis Mills this year at quarterback. They just gave a contract extension to Brandon Cooks. Brandon Cooks is really about the only player worth a shit on that team. They need a little bit of everything. Uh, What I wrote down for them is, of course, quarterback is number one. I just don't think there's anyone worth taking number three or even 13. I don't think there's a franchise-changing player for them. I think their goal, especially with these acquired picks from the Cleveland Browns, kind of go into a tank mode. Next year is a relatively loaded quarterback draft, at least as of right now. So maybe their goal is for next year to try to get a better pick. Um, So I have them with quarterback. Interior offensive lineman is a big need for them. Defensive lineman. And possibly a wide receiver. If they really believe in Davis Mills, get him some more weapons. If they really believe in him, I don't think that they do though.
2: I, I didn't even put quarterback down for this year because I don't believe they're even concerned about that. I, I don't either. Right now. I don't
0: either. They're sticking with Davis Mills yeah, for whatever I think reason. They're gonna
2: ride with that kid this year, but they're gonna build up the other they're gonna build up the other positions. Like you mentioned, I have offensive line, edge rusher. They need defensive help back, especially in the secondary cornerback safety. So I think they're gonna try to fill those other positions right now and then like you mentioned next year go get that quarterback
0: yeah with the third overall pick there's a good chance they could be sitting pretty to get a an elite uh tackle absolutely yeah. an elite defensive end depending on Hutchinson or Walker if they slide whatever and it's kind of rem- it's very similar to the Browns um they're you, gonna
2: fill some good holes this year I the think.
0: Browns took Miles Garrett that's what she said a a franchise changing <laughs> defensive end and then they went 0-16 with him so obviously it didn't it didn't amount to more wins But in the future, it was a good pick. So maybe they do something like that. One step at a time, you got to build that piece. They still suck, though. Next up, Indianapolis Colts. Their first pick does not come until pick number 42, which is a little bit into the second round. Um, They just got uh, Matt Ryan at quarterback. They have moved on from Carson Wentz. They have a really good team. Uh, I mean, on paper, they have a really good team. Not many holes, but still plenty of positions that they could fill. Uh, one of them being tight end is the number one one that I have there because Jack Doyle just retired. Another one that I have is wide receiver because they're still trying to hold on to T.Y. Hilton. I think that experiment's kind of over. They have Michael Pittman Jr. They've got a couple of pieces, but I think a new wide receiver wouldn't be out of the question, especially at 42. There are some good players that should be available uh, realistically, you hope. So that's who I have for the Colts.
2: Yeah, no, I agree. I had wide receiver. I think they need to also, I mean, they need to get somebody on the offensive line too. I think they're they're protect Matt Ryan and I think they need an edge rusher. They need to bring. They have a linebacker. They need to bring an edge rusher in to help out on that and the defense they have out there.
0: Yeah, that would definitely help. I mean, again, they're they're the kind of team that they're only a few pieces away from being a pretty good contender. I oh, I they're going to be a good team this I year. I'm going to see how Matt Ryan looks with that. Is, is his stint in Atlanta who he is, or is that because of what he had around him?
2: He, he needs a safety valve. He needs a tight end. I, yeah. I, he needs that guy to throw to in a check down because – he does it a lot, unfortunately, but and he's good at it. Could be a pretty good,
0: some good ones available at 42. Right. So we'll see what happens. Uh, next up, we have the Jacksonville Jaguars, number one overall pick. This one's really easy to, to guess. I mean, they need everything. They went Buck Wild in free agency with money. Uh, I do think they will go offensive line or defensive end. They're either going to go Hutchinson, Walker, or one of the left tackles. Uh, I think, I mean, you could go to Vegas and put money on any of those players and feel pretty confident.
2: I'm pretty sure they're going Hutchinson. I would assume. It makes no I, sense. I would think,
0: but maybe they want to protect uh Trevor Lawrence and an offensive lineman would do that. Don't But
2: do they have two picks in the first round this year or is it just They don't. They've the number 1 okay. pick. Yeah, I think they're going Hutchinson, but I agree. They need offensive line help, another wide receiver. It would be great for them to get someone for Lawrence to throw to, but yeah, it's it, they need help everywhere.
0: There's really nobody that they could take that would surprise me out of like the top 3 to 4 players on any big board. Uh wouldn't be shocking. It would be needed for them. So they could go anywhere. We'll see what happens. Next up, finally, for the AFC South, Tennessee Titans, 26th overall pick. Uh, They need secondary help. I went with corner, and I threw in a little bit of a surprise. I don't think there's one that's going to turn their franchise around. But obviously, Ryan Tannehill, tanks in the playoffs, uh, shows that he's not a legitimate franchise quarterback. So I have quarterback on the list. I don't think they take one, though. But at 26, maybe some secondary help. The Titans could use it.
2: Yeah, I had quarterback, quarterback too, because I agree with you. But I also snuck in wide receiver because I don't know what the fuck is going on.
0: Yeah, the A.J. Brown thing is pretty much he wants a new contract, right. which makes it's just, sense. It's just weird. And he, there's they're now kind of uh, talking shit about him, essentially, in the media. They're kind of putting out stories saying he's now a bad teammate, this right. and that. He's not happy about that. So they have a little bit of damage control to do in Tennessee to keep A.J. Brown happy because they need him desperately. Yeah, absolutely. But so I, we'll see what happens yeah. there with the Titans. Uh, moving on to the NFC South, we'll start again in alphabetical order. The Atlanta Falcons, they are picking, I believe, 8th.
2: Uh, yeah, eighth or seven. No, they're eight. I wrote
0: down seven, I think, at first, and I, I realized I was, was wrong, so wait. I switched it to eight. It is eighth. And I don't remember which one's accurate. Either way, they're picking seventh or eighth. Uh, obviously they're they're in a full tank mode now. I mean they 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 traded away Matt Ryan. They've replaced him with Marcus Mariota. That goes to show you the future the Atlanta Falcons are going with. They're in a tank mode. They need a wide receiver, though. Their number one wide receiver uh is of course suspended for the full season, Calvin Ridley. And they don't have much else. They did draft Kyle Pitts last year. They need a little bit of extra shit on offense. And I think a wide receiver would help having a top 10 pick. You're going to have your pick of the litter with wide receivers, whether it's Jamison Williams, uh, Garrett Wilson. Uh, I mean, you pick of the litter, honestly, anybody you want. Uh, Drake London, everyone's going to be available. So we'll see what they do there. But I went wide receiver.
2: Yeah, wide receiver for me. But I also put a running back too, because they could, they could use running back.
0: They um, could, I just, there's nobody worth it. For I, I mean, not that high. I'm, I'm like, strictly think... going like team need for the first round. First round, yeah, yeah. I mean, wide receiver. Overall, yeah, nice absolutely. Too. They need, they need one of everything pretty much. Uh, next up Carolina with the number six overall pick. They are rumored to take just about everybody. They've been rumored with Kenny Pickett. They've been rumored with uh uh Malik Willis. They've been rumored to trade for Baker Mayfield. Two years ago, they traded for Teddy Bridgewater. Didn't work out. Last year, they traded for Sam Darnold. Did not work out. They need a quarterback. They tried to get to Sean Watson. It didn't work out. They are desperate for a quarterback. I don't think anybody is worth a fuck at six to take as a quarterback. So if they're smart. They're smart. One of their biggest holes on the team besides quarterback is offensive line. Mm -hmm. And I think there could be a very good offensive lineman or two that slide to six for them. And that would be the pick for me. I did hear some rumors today, though, that they could be in the market to trade back to acquire future picks. And they could still land a Kenny Pickett or a Malik Willis if they so choose, if they stay in like the top 20, top 15. Right. It will be interesting to see what happens with them on draft day. Defensively, they actually have an okay defense. Uh, You have Christian McCaffrey who can never stay healthy. You've got Robbie Anderson. You've got a couple of pieces on the team. So they're not horribly far away, but their quarterback room right now is complete trash.
2: I believe that's the landing destination of one Baker Mayfield. I I believe it's going to be, but I believe if they do go get him, they get the offensive line. The only thing on defense that they're probably not going to address in the first round, obviously, is just they need a defensive tackle. Uh, They need some more help on that defensive line. Other than that, but quarterback and offensive line are their number one, number two.
0: And if Baker does end up in Carolina, the Browns do play Carolina this year. Oh yeah. It'd be must watch television. Miles
2: Garrett's going to eat that day.
0: Next up, New Orleans Saints, who, of course, made that trade with Philadelphia to acquire a second pick in the first round. They are picking 16th and 19th. Now, a lot of people thought at first that trade was to uh, acquire picks to make a huge trade to go up and get a quarterback. I don't think that's the case. I think they're confident in this team that they currently have, and they just want to add some win now pieces to that team. So I have them at offensive linemen. Wide receiver, because apparently they're in the wide receiver market. There's rumors that uh, Jarvis Landry is meeting with them this week. He's a New Orleans kid. We'll see what happens if he ends up signing with them. That would be a good signing for them, and that would obviously cross wide receiver need off the list. But uh, I have offensive line, quarterback, and wide receiver for New Orleans. Quarterback is one of those things of maybe they get a guy to sit behind uh, uh, Jameis Winston for a year or two and let him learn and eventually take the reign because they – I don't think your future long-term is with Jameis Winston or Jameis. Yeah. Jameis Winston.
2: I had the, the exact same three you put down my question. Any update with Michael Thomas? I mean, what's going on? I mean,
0: uh, As far as I know, healthy, he'll be playing this year. Just with the Saints, inch, right? He's yeah, he's just an injury another three last year. What's yeah.
2: his contract another year or two with, I mean,
0: uh, they gave him a, a contract extension recently. Wow, okay. So he's got another two or three. If I right. had to
2: guess, I wasn't sure if they were trying to shop him still or anything, but okay.
0: No, I don't think they have any interest mm-hmm. in moving him. I, I, he was just hurt last year. Didn't come back. Never made it healthy. Uh, their season went in the toilet, so he didn't bother coming back. Got it. Uh, then we end with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who obviously quarterback would have probably been high on this list had yeah. Tom Brady not unretired.
2: So pulled the old switcheroo on us.
0: They have a pretty good roster. I mean, I honestly, they're picking 27th. I literally wrote best player available.
2: Yeah. only thing I put down that I think they might need is replace an offensive line that they lost, you know, the piece they lost and maybe a tackle on defense. That's it. Other than that, they have a pretty solid roster.
0: Yeah. They, they lost one, one guy to retirement. The, they the center made some I moves. thought they lost too. I know that I think they kept, yeah, they lost the center and a guard. one of the guards signed with tam- uh, the, the Bengals. Yeah. Nobody great though. I mean, they lost some okay players. I think those guys are kind of replaceable. If I'm not mistaken, they made a couple moves to add some people. Um, they could use a little help on the defensive line to and is not under contract right now, nor is uh, JPP. Right. So you could make that move there. But honestly, when you're a good team and you have Tom Brady, you just go with best player available sure. they could get anybody. And I think it's going to work out for them. Now we move to the AFC West Denver Broncos, who of course traded for Russell Wilson. They pick their first pick is at 64 damn near end of the second round. That's a long way to wait. Um, but I have them going linebacker or offensive lineman. I think you want to protect Russell Wilson. You spent all that shit to get him, protect him. And then linebacker is a big hole for them. So that could help. Other than that, Denver actually has a really good top to bottom roster.
2: Yeah, no, I'm, I'm excited to see what Russell does in Denver. Um, it's going to be a quite interesting season for him. But the only thing I picked was just more line help. Yeah. Protect. Him. You want that's to protect
0: it. him. I mean, that's one thing that Russell Wilson has shown in his time in Seattle is that when he doesn't have a good offensive line to protect him, he struggles.
2: So Hopefully Lee, they Lee Gronkowski, Gronkowski has not committed to returning yet. No, I don't believe.
0: No, as far as I know, no, he's Gronkowski's still, still out there. Sue is still available. Yep. JPP, like I said, plenty of guys available that could return to the Bucks, but never say never, I guess. Gronk's not committed, though, which is surprising because usually you think him and he, Brady are going to be He'll wait till he skips
2: training camp, and then he'll come back.
0: That could be it. I mean, he is getting older. He doesn't want to work, so uh, we'll see what happens there. He's earned that. Next up, Kansas City Chiefs. They have the 29th and 30th pick after trading. Uh, Tyree kill. A lot of people are probably going to want to say wide receiver because of the Tyreek Hill trade. They did sign, uh, Marquez van Vanda's scatling or whatever, however you say his name.
2: Yeah. From green Bay. Yeah. Uh,
0: they signed him and they signed Juju, obviously not great, not number ones, but it's enough to kind of fill the gap. You still have Byron Pringle. You still have some decent players there. So I have for them defensive line and corner or defensive back in general doesn't have to necessarily be a corner. They did add Justin Reed, but they did lose Tyron Matthew um not really i mean tyron matthew is a great player justin reed's a really good player too but i still think they could use some depth and then obviously corner you can't have too many of those their secondary got torched quite a bit last year their defense was not good until about halfway through the season
2: so that would definitely help no, i put defensive and cornerback i agree with you i think their help needs to be on the defensive side of the ball not the offensive side i think the offensive side will take care of itself
0: yeah i'm not worried when you have patrick mahomes and you still have travis kelsey Uh, I'm not worried about them. And then Creed Humphrey at center. You have a a good base there in Kansas City, so nothing to worry about. Uh, Next up, we go to Las Vegas, who another team picking late as fuck. Their first overall pick does not come until 86. Because they traded away for Devontae Adams, obviously. Uh, Las Vegas is a pretty decent team with the new coach. We'll see what happens with them and Josh McDaniels but they need offensive line help in the worst way. So I'm going offensive line for sure.
2: Yeah. I mean, simple that Def- offensive line for sure. And then the rest of their picks need to be focused on defense. I think they need to help. And especially in the defensive back department
0: and then sure. spoiler alert, while we're, while we're talking about offensive linemen, the Las Vegas, or I'm sorry, the Los Angeles chargers need one desperately to protect Justin Herbert. You have a franchise quarterback and you have a lot of, I mean, last year they took Rashawn Slater in the first round, really good offensive lineman. They need more, though, so draft another one. Can't hurt to go two years in a row offensive lineman to protect your franchise quarterback. Agree. Uh, Then we move to the west of the NFC. Arizona, number one overall pick. Their first pick, I'm sorry, is 23 overall. I have for them edge rush. They lost Jordan Hicks and uh, somebody else in the offseason. Chandler Jones in the offseason. Two pass rushers need to replace that, especially if you want to be a contender like the Arizona Cardinals believe that they are.
2: So edge rusher for me did not they lose kyler murray too because he doesn't want to play oh uh, you can't lose what <laughs> just, was really never just, that great just kidding <laughs> um but no i agree with you i think they need they need help um a defense for sure and wide receiver wouldn't help because they lost kirk in the in the offseason so
0: if they lose him though christian kirk let's be I honest know, not, i mean just because he got overpaid by jacksonville i don't think he's too missed by he's, arizona he's
2: physically no longer on the team how's that sound is that better uh,
0: it's he, might, <laughs> he could have missed the bus one game and they wouldn't have noticed i don't think so i don't <laughs> think they're the season uh next up we have the la rams the defending super bowl champions who i think they might be the team picking the latest in the draft for their first pick 104 they have to wait over 100 picks to get their first pick in worth it though you got a super bowl out of it if i'm I'm the browns as as a browns fan if if we won a super bowl and they said you don't have any draft picks so be it yep uh so for them though i do have off um i have corner and defensive end they lost von miller uh their their secondary kind of got exposed in the offseason. They ended up having to sign or in the in the playoffs. They had to sign Eric Weddle, who was retired just it's to come good play. well. It worked, him. Got a Super Bowl, sure. Yeah. But it just shows you their lack of depth. So I think defensive back and edge rusher is their two top priorities. They yeah. got Bobby Wagner. They're 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 a good team. And then they got Allen Robinson. They're fucking loaded again. That's
2: what I said too. Cornerback and edge. Then we go to San Francisco, who
0: their first pick does not come until 61. And quickly they could possibly be looking at a wide receiver. Now that Debo Samuel has requested officially a trade. He's not uh, happy. It's a weird situation. We'll talk about it next week. Cause we'll have more time. Maybe he'll be traded by then. Um, but he's requesting a trade. It's not because of a financial situation the, the the Niners would pay him. However, he doesn't like his role. So that makes me think he wants less touches. He doesn't want to play the running he's back position. Doing anymore. Everything. And he's so good at it though. That's what makes him valuable. Right. So if I'm a team, I don't really want to trade for a guy that wants to I'd have to give up a lot, give yeah. him a huge contract and he wants to do less. Right. Imagine, Greg, if you you go to your boss and you say, Hey, I'm gonna go or you you go, go to you want a new job. You go to the interview and they say, All right, what, what can you bring? And you go, Well, I want to do less than my last job, but I want to make more money and I want you guys to, you know, buy me a new car. We'll just throw that in there as like an expense of trading draft picks. What what company would go, Yeah, sign me up? You want to come here and do less? That's perfect. I, I can't imagine a team would be okay with that. Yeah, no. or or a company.
3: No. You don't know how much I do in the first place. <laughs> that is very true. That's true.
1: I mean, I get you you concerned about your health, I guess, is good. I mean, if you carry in the whole entire team, yeah, and, and, they, and they're it's like, look, I don't care, I don't mind carrying a team, but like give me some help. Yeah. And it's like at least him aware of the fact that he needs assistance. And that's
0: what he's going with, I think. He, he's saying, I want longevity, I want to play long in the yeah. NFL. And if you're playing me a running back, I know how short running backs careers are. So it makes sense. However, that's what makes him so valuable. It's kind of a double-edged sword. If anything,
2: statistically, he touched the ball so much. Take a look
0: at Cordero uh, Patterson and then kind of go from there and go, all right, (sighs) this guy makes it work. I could probably make it work too. Right. But we'll see what happens again. We'll talk about it next week. But uh, for the Niners, I have cornerback. Their secondary got, was not great last year. They need some help. And then again, possibly wide receiver. If, uh, there it is. There's a patented JG burp. It uh, took
2: forever to get out. That was a good one.
0: That, that came from the, from the depths, but uh wide receiver. If Debo Samuel ends up getting traded, so we'll see what happens there. Last but not least for our team needs Seattle Seahawks, number nine, Uh quarterback, offensive tackle. They need, they're a really bad team. Honestly, The the, the Seahawks, they have DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, and that's about it on that team. So they could really go anything. My, my friend, that's a Seahawks fan. He is, in love with off- a couple offensive linemen so that could very well be the case and then quarterback is a, is a need for them again i don't like any quarterback in this drafts so they take one i don't think it's your answer long term but quarterbacks have to get drafted eventually somebody's got to take them
2: yeah i just put quarterback because that yeah has you trade to be away russell wilson need. you
0: have to replace him you have Pete carroll who's like 100 years old geriatric as fuck as a head coach how long do <laughs> yeah. you think that's going to last uh we'll see what happens with the seahawks but that's it for our pickems. Next week, of course, will be the draft special where Kyle and I each do a thirty-two pick mock draft and no trades. We don't do any of that bullshit. We just like to do it, try to compare it to what actually happens in the NFL, and then go from there. It's Action a fun packed episode. Thing. Do not. It'll be a good it. one. That'll be next week. Now, the reason you are all here is for Greg Sherwood. Jeez. Sorry, Greg, I got shit to cover. Oh. He is here to talk about the Guardians. He is here to talk about Major League Baseball, and we are going to do that right now. With the Guardians, Greg, you wanted to give us a Guardians outlook. Give it to us. Sure.
3: So two weeks into the season. Yep. Not much has changed nope. from the start of the season, in my opinion. You know, my you didn't have me on two weeks ago to ask, but my prediction was still slightly <laughs> under 500, and that's what I'm that's what I'm sticking to, because um, the the team's very strong in starting pitching. Sure. And they're strong in Jose Ramirez, and. I still think Fran meal would turn it around. And other than that,
0: got some weaknesses. So the red line uh, owner, uh, Dave, he, he's a big Fran mill fan. I remember talking to him a couple of weeks ago when I said, I was like, Jose Ramirez is the best player on the team. And he was like, I think Fran is going to surprise some people and have a great year. And I was like, I hope, but it won't be Jose comparable in terms of value to the team and like what you do overall. But yeah, I'm with you. I hope Fran Miel turns it around. Yep. So weaknesses, they didn't address it all in the off season yep.
3: relief, relief pitcher. Yeah, bullpen is weak. Catcher? Black
2: hole?
0: It, it's worse than a black hole, honestly. I gonna say, black I think, hole's being nice.
3: I think Austin Hedges. Has he, had,
2: has he had a hit yet? He has two. Oh, he got off the fucking He hit by. a yeah. second
0: hit. Yeah, his second hit of the season was this morning.
2: Yay. Or not so, morning, I guess let's give it up.
3: Yeah, he's he's hitting uh, 045.
0: I, I heard. Jesus. I was listening to the game at work today, and I heard him say Austin Hedges up to that, and I, I kind of walked away from the radio because I thought, well, I know how this is going to end. We've seen this b- based on his yeah. season, and then all of a sudden they go Hedges gets one through the mid, you know, the the center or the shortstop or whatever. I forgot where it was, and I'm just like, well, he should he got a base hit? Like,
2: no I, I, fucking way. I kind
0: of looked around expecting the world to like the the ground to just open up and
3: <laughs> the world ends. So one of my favorite stats is weighted runs created plus. Okay, kind of lets you know how good a hitter is. Mm-hmm. So 100 is major league average. Okay. Austin Hedges to date is at negative 31. I didn't know it went negative. That's uh, I, I didn't know. I,
0: that's crazy. That,
3: that means he's 131% worse than the average major league hitter this season. And, and he's and our looking, starting catcher. And looking in the past, he's at 40, 45, 49. Mean, meaning he's more than 50% worse than the average major league hitter. Like that's real bad. That's, that's embarrassing. I mean, I
0: guess on the bright side, if you, if you, uh, Look at golf scores; he's he's yeah. killing it. But in he's Major winning. League Baseball, yes. where that is not the case, that's embarrassing. I mean, I forgot the name of our backup; it's slip, it's slipping my mind right now. But Luke uh, Maley. No, there's another one. He's got like a very Polish kind Lava of that Stita. thing. That's it. So, yeah. are, are those guys that are they that worse compared to Austin Hedges? Like they're that bad that they yes. can't start over this guy? It's really that bad. Okay. So Maley's hurt,
3: but he yeah. has a I don't know lifetime weighted runs created plus of like forty. About right. the same. Well, not negative
0: forty, though. No, I mean, I guess that's a, He's that's a positive. He's positive. Although
2: defense behind the behind the plate. That's it, that's. Is, where is Austin it a good catcher? Like, is he just a good defender?
3: He, he is a good defender, but, yeah. but not good enough to yeah. balance out that bad hitting. You know,
0: Roberto Perez was a good defender, right, and he was a shitty offensive player, but it was good enough. Yeah, yeah if it
3: would be. he would, could, be, if he would hit like, good like,
0: enough on this team right now. Yeah, if he
3: could hit like two twenty,
0: yeah, that's good enough. That's ideal. That's
3: perfect. That's great. He's hitting under hundred. Um, but I have an answer for you. Yeah, that's why you brought me here. Of course. They really need to go get Sean Murphy from the A's. Okay, All-star catcher. The A's are trading everyone and yeah, every they're company. having a fire sale. If it's nailed down, they're pulling the nails out and trading yeah. it. Like, we've supposedly been in on trades with them a lot. That's for Murphy I'm... or just
0: in general? No, Matt Olson, Matt okay. Chapman. I remember that, yeah. Yeah, I mean,
3: to me, that's a pet peeve with this front office. They're always in on trades. Right. They sure. always made an offer. It
0: doesn't say if it was a good offer offer. Which, or yeah, I would offer. like to see what they're actually right. offering.
3: But I mean, Murphy is like the only good player left on the A's. He's yeah. an all-star catcher. He's pre-arb, so he's pre-arbitration, so he's making the major league minimum this year, which is going to be cheap for the next couple of years. We can
0: afford that, maybe. And
3: maybe. we have approximately five million middle infield prospects or middle infielders and prospects who can't all play.
0: Right. Eventually,
3: you have to. But seriously, pick we have we have literally a dozen. Yeah. That we've stockpiled over the past couple of years, so there's not playing time for all of them. Like trade some of the prospects, go get an all-star catcher to turn a black hole into a strength.
0: Now, uh, word on the street is there's a there's a rookie you might be a little bit of a fan of. Yeah, I do like Stephen Kwan. Yes, I think
3: I was calling in the other day when you didn't know what his I last couldn't remember name his last was. name. I was close. Yep, so kind, kind I was of kind of close. I was
0: in the ballpark. Get it? Yeah. see what I did there?
3: I do
2: Boom.
0: So.
3: Yeah, I'm. I'm a big fan of Quan. I really think he's uh, going to keep it up what he's doing. Uh, yeah. Do we have the Do we have the Quan graphic to throw up? Yeah,
0: if you could throw that up, yeah. Tim.
3: So basically, why I believe in Quan is he's doing what he's done the entire his entire minor league career. Yeah. Which is.
0: Oh, you're good.
3: Don't swing and miss. Don't swing at pitches out of the zone. So he walks a ton, doesn't strike out,
0: and he makes contact. After doing my a little bit of due diligence on Stephen Kwan after he made it to the big leagues. And I, I actually like paid attention to him. I did go back and see that. Yeah. He consistently hits for such a high average. He's just a good contact hitter and that's perfect. So it is a little bit behind Greg there, but
2: slide it to the left. <laughs> yep.
0: So for those watching, this is his uh, baseball savant
3: page that got pulled up. If you're, if you're not familiar and it's basically a nice slider where, you know, red to the right is he's great compared to the rest of the major leaguers. And blue is bad so what you can see is his weighted on base was high his walk percentage is high his strikeout percentage is good can You go up with it a little bit tim so the, the slides are showing
0: thank you go ahead greg he I'm
3: doesn't sure. chase he makes a lot of contact and on top oh, yeah. of that
0: how long was it till he swung and missed at his first pitch yeah, it was over 100 pitches in this day and age of major league baseball that's unheard of like yeah. everybody swings and misses it's 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 long ball or bust pretty much nowadays
3: Yep, and he's got good sprint speed that's on there, and he's pretty good in the outfield too. So, yep, I mean that—that's a profile that plays, especially sure. the, the batting eye and the contact.
2: How so. long has he been in our uh, minor league system before we brought him up? Oh, uh, I think he's twenty-four. Okay, and he went to Oregon State for college, so probably about three years. Three years. Ish. I mean, hell, the call call yeah. up. I mean, when we looked at the roster, we joked a couple episodes ago saying. I don't know who the fuck half these people are, but. I mean,
0: I heard Terry uh, Francona before the season started. They asked him a couple things about some players that, you know, people didn't really know, not household names. And his first one he mentioned was Stephen Quad. And he said, this kid is going to hit the ball. He's going to, he's going to put it in play, make a lot of contact, things like that. And initially, cause I'm a little jaded. Don't get me wrong. I love the long ball. I also just know overall that the Indian or the guardians roster is not, not great. So when that was all he could really promote, Aside from obviously uh, Framil Reyes or Jose, all I thought was like, that's the best they're trying to get us pumped up for is a guy that just oh, he makes a little bit of contact.
3: Now, don't get me wrong; they still really need another outfielder. Right. I Absolutely. Mean, they needed they needed to
0: sign one. Yep. They didn't because they're cheap. Um, so, you what you, what are your thoughts on uh, Miles Straw? He just got the extension, so he's going to be here for the long term. But are you even a fan to begin with? Yeah, I'm happy with him.
3: Are you okay? I mean, he's good enough to be a starting outfielder. Sure. Average to maybe a little bit above average, which I'll take in any any outfield spot. Absolutely. Um, Yeah, I'm happy he signed an extension. It's it's affordable, which matter, doesn't matter to me, but matters to the Dolans. Yeah, clearly. So, yeah, you know, he's a good leadoff hitter. <laughs> we haven't had a consistent center fielder since Michael Bourne. And before that, he went downhill fast. Yes, before he did. That, like Grady Sizemore, <laughs> like the late. 2008 MS, MS area Brady. yes <laughs> so miles straw solid but yeah. we have a really gaping hole on the other side you know they're trying to use josh naylor who doesn't look great no um oscar mercado that ship has sailed i agree thank goodness they shipped out bradley zimmer because i was going to throw a pillow at the tv if i saw <laughs> him out there one more time <laughs>
0: um, that was one experiment that they just would not give up on no
3: but <laughs> you know, hopefully they can do something mid-season since they put it off that long. You know, Michael Conforto is still out there. Sure. And if they wait long enough, you know, he did get hurt in the offseason, which is why no one signed him. Right. And he's attached to draft pick compensation. So if they wait till after the June draft, that draft pick compensation goes away, which I think is really important to the
0: front office. Now, do you think at that point then it becomes a uh, like a bidding war for him essentially for multiple teams? Um. Or do you think it could maybe so- just a mini bidding war? OK,
3: but. I think he'll take the first solid offer he can get and probably potentially, you know, just a half year deal to rebuild some value. Sure. And, and maybe we give him a two-year contract, you know, they do have some minor leaguers in the pipeline coming up. Yeah. But, you know, if, if we want to be real contenders, we can't be rolling out rookies and second year players at every position. We need Agreed. some proven big leaguers in the lineup. I agree completely. So what else do you have on, on the docket? Yeah. We need a first baseman too. That's just Yeah. Another, I would agree with that. The, uh, the Owen mess. Miller.
0: Bobby Bradley experiment, Not a Bobby Bradley the,
3: fan, the swinging I mean...
0: door of players. <laughs> they clearly yeah. can't can't decide who they want. So yeah. The other thing I want to talk about though, is real
3: fast. Let's appreciate Jose Ramirez.
0: Yeah. So if you could you pull know, that one up, Tim, so we actually have a uh, comparable. There it is. So the look at the slides,
2: lot great, a lot of red up there. Great.
0: Just like they looked for Kwan and that's Jose Ramirez. Who's an MVP candidate. So again, it's early in the career. So the sample size is small but it just shows you that the level that Stephen Quan is playing on right now. Like
3: I mean Jose's an MVP candidate. So he's like Stephen Kwan with That's why Tim pop, makes the big bucks. Look at that. Look at that. So
2: Tim produces. So good. Literally.
3: But I I, I want to bring up Jose. <laughs> That he deserves to be appreciated. That dude took a hometown discount. One that we talked about that last yeah. week, hometown discount. I said Diaz, he is yeah.
0: he is still yeah. vastly underpaid. Uh, yeah.
3: He's insanely underpaid, yep. and it's because he wants to be here. It's because he wants to be in Cleveland. He Which loves is, Cleveland. It's he's rare. like that's why I took a discount. He's like I really act and and he was smart. He got the no trade. Yep, you know no trade. That was pause. a really good move. That was a really good Absolutely. move. Absolutely. Yeah. So because you know he's on such a cheap contract, he's like, hey, I saw what happened with the last guy that did this, Carlos Carrasco. Took a hometown deal shipped them out yeah
0: so you take that hometown deal because essentially with the way the guardians roll and the front office and i mean i get it it's a business those cheaper contracts not only help the team because you're saving the money they help the team because they make you way more tradable yep so yeah that's a really smart move by jose he will hopefully play his whole career in cleveland which is something you do not see in in professional sports on any level
1: especially not cleveland
0: yeah especially not cleveland
3: Yeah, how many guys have come and gone, said, I love Cleveland, then they leave? I mean, Jose says, no, I'm staying here. I want to stay here for my career.
2: And he made sure he is And I'm going to
3: make sure that it
0: happens. I mean, I I love the guy still, but I remember Lindor uh, at the All-Star game in Cleveland. They had him mic'd up, and they're asking him, are you going to stay? And he just said, I love it. I want to be here.
2: He doesn't go anywhere else. This is
0: my city. But, of course, money talks.
3: Yeah. I mean, I can't blame him. They offered I, I not like 200 million
0: compared to like 300. Exactly. That's what I, it's insane. It's easy but, as a fan sitting on your couch to go, Oh, what a piece of shit. He just took the money. He's greedy. But I mean, if you offer me a hundred million dollars, I'm sorry. i am see you guys. I'll go wherever the <laughs> fuck they ask me to. <laughs> it's a really simple thing. Now, are you good for right now, Greg, or do you got a couple more things before we go to a break? I'm good for now. Let's okay. The break. Just wanted to make sure you didn't have anything that we wanted to get uh, off your chest. So we're going to go to a quick break. Cause we've been rolling, uh, Greg is going to come back with us and we're going to talk way more baseball, not just the Guardians. Greg is going to break down how the new deal impacts uh, everything, Uh, rule changes, financial shit. It's going to be great. I love this kind of stuff from Greg. We're going to talk about our favorite ballparks. And then of course, just the tip. You're not going to want to miss it. We will be back in just a few minutes. It's going to be a really quick break. We'll do some ads and we'll come right back to you. So stick with us. Four and two. Yep. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, we are here from the Growing Wings Adult Services studio number two, state-of-the-art. Thanks to Lisa, Growing Wings Adult Services has five years of experience of taking care of adults with disabilities. Contact Lisa, 234-334-7547.
2: Tell them Redline Radio sent you, and that's the reason you're calling. You mentioned that state of the art uh, studio that we're sitting in right now. This this studio was made made because of Wiggins Construction and Home Improvement. They made came in here, they fix it up. It's it's an amazing studio to be part of. Uh, they'll take care of any bathroom, kitchen, window, door, siding, and much more. Give Will call a day, Give Will a call today at four four zero seven three one seven six five four. Tell him Redline sent you. He'll take care of you. Now we have Greg Sherwood on the show today.
0: Greg Sherwood sports takes. I consider them to be a one of one. I, I think they are top notch. They're original. They're one of a kind. They can't be beat. You can't find them in stores, but you know what you can find in stores. What's that? Only at one store specifically. Great memorabilia at one of one sports, uh, sports cards and memorabilia in Strongsville, Ohio. Absolutely. You go there, you tell them JG sent you, they're going to hook you up with nothing, but they're going to hook you up. <laughs> you tell them JG sent you and you head out to Strongsville. They're located at one, three, two, two, one prospect road, Strongsville, Ohio. Give them a call. 440-638-4044. All your sports cards memorabilia needs. They constantly have meetups. They have people opening up cards all day there. They're posting pictures. They're opening up fire. They're finding wow. autographs. They're finding uh, uh, rookie cards. Everything you can think of, they have it.
2: So go to one of one. You know what would make it easier to let them know that they're coming from a show and that they want to mention JG or that you're friends with JG? You can have a shirt made that says Friends with JG or um, Rider Line Radio Pat. if you want to you could you, we can make that but you know who could definitely make that for you is Diane over at incredible keepsakes she'll make anything you want shirts um she'll she'll make uh, some you know cover you know hats whatever you want so anything you want her to put your name on she'll do it for you um as Diane likes to say cherished moments are made to last forever give her a call at 440-242-9648 or go to her website at www.incrediblekeepsakes.com
0: now, I know I was just talking about one of one sports cards and memorabilia. And if I'm not mistaken, they were just posting that there's a new hot topic in, in sports cards and memorabilia, and that's opening up racers. Are they like, talking about hot topics? Sports to cars, start? stuff like that. And I don't know anything about that stuff personally, but I kind of want to get, want to learn because I see how excited people get when they open up a great card. One way to learn about racing is just start off small. CRS Super Truck Series, they are the premier race series of Redline Radio. For sponsorship opportunities, call Billy 216 217 5038. If you want to get a little more involved with racing here in Northeast Ohio, that's the place to do it.
2: And I have zero transition into this next ad, but I'm going to make it work anyways. If you have dirty trash cans, you want them cleaned out because they stink or they smell they've got maggots in it. You want to give Fitz Trash Bin Cleaning a call. They'll take care of anything they need you to do. They'll come out will clean it they'll, make it. they'll make it smell great. They'll get all that stuff out of there. Um, you want to give Fitz Trash Bin a cleaning a call over at 440-752-1533. Um, or, you know, mention Redline sent you. And you know what? They'll give you 10% off that first cleaning. And I I honestly believe going into springtime, it's time to get those winter trash bins cleaned out. Trust me, you want to do it. You know who I hope
0: never calls Fitz trash bin cleaning to clean anything? Who's that? That's the Rusty Spurs Saloon in Las Vegas. They're known as the biggest dive bar in Las Vegas. And I have to feel when you're a dive bar, you have to have that dive bar smell. And if you hired a cleaning company, it's going to take that away. I want that feel. I want to kind of smell a little bit of urine in the back. I don't know if that's the case. I've never been to Rusty Spurs Saloon. I can only imagine it's of the highest quality, but you do win a dive bar award for a reason. And I cannot wait to check that place out next week when I'm in Las Vegas, the Rusty Spurs Saloon located in Las Vegas, Nevada. They've been voted the biggest hole in the wall bar
2: for two years and running. I can't wait to check them out. And if you're in Vegas, you should too. I hope you take some amazing pictures while you're in there of all the clean corners of that building. Um, Guys, if you want your ads read by us on this this talk show or by anybody that that's on this station, please give Dave a call. If you have a, a a company, if you have a brand you want read, you want to help us, you want to support us, give Dave a call at 440-503-0828. We will read your ad. We will talk about your company. We will insert our names to get fake discounts. That's what we do. Just give give Dave a call. Don't get me wrong.
0: Obviously, we read the best ads on Redline Radio. There's not even a debate. We're not going to debate that ever because there's no need to. But if you don't like the way we read ads, that's fine. If you want somebody else to read them, there are plenty of shows that can do that for you because Redline Radio is fucking loaded with shows. You know who's back? Grape is back. The Grape is back. Friday night, 6 to 8, Grape makes his triumphant return to Redline Radio. We're all excited to see it. You've got shows every day of the week starting Monday. Crank it up. NASCAR Talk. Again, if you want to get into cars, that's the way to start. Tuesdays, Tim Buck Tuesdays. Boom, I listen every boom. week. I was listening yesterday. Shout out to Lex Vegas, who you can hear on Thursday nights. Lex was on with Tim yesterday. He they was did a great holding job it down. Together. It was great. Wednesdays, though, don't forget about that day. Not only do you have Talking About Balls, you have Sugar and Spice, one of the newest shows to Redline Radio. They're from 5 to 7. Great
2: show, by the way.
0: Take, Fantastic. take a If you want dating advice, that's the place to go to it. And they're from Studio 2 right here with us, doing a great job. Friday night, Money's Crazy Mind, of course, from 8 to 10. Or I'm sorry, yeah, 8 to 10. He goes right on after Grape. And then uh, Saturday, 4th and 15th with Mel and Smooth. We got to get them on the show here. They were great. Uh, I can't thank them enough for having me on. You have the pregame show right after. It's from 6 to 8. And then it's real funny out there with Kevin and Quan from 5 to 6.55 on Sundays. Do not miss Redline Radio. We have I, I, Eventually, we're going to have to start cutting shows because there's too many shows and not enough well, time.
2: We can't, we and can't that's have, never a bad thing. We can't help but mention there's a show that's coming back shortly. Once NFL season kicks off, that show, what, what are they called again? Steel Steel Sneed Renegades? Weren't they? They're like the prime creme de la creme of this, this station, correct? They're back once the NFL season kicks off, I believe. And they're they're pretty anxious to get back out there.
0: Yeah, I was actually thinking about that. They haven't had a show in a while, and yeah. I, I kind of miss hearing
2: them. I think they're... kind of like the last winning season the Steelers had, too. It's yeah, they haven't
0: had a show since Ben Roethlisberger was, was playing in the NFL, and that's Ooh, been a while.
2: It's been a long time. It's been a long
0: time. But luckily, those guys aren't sitting on the bench crying right now. They're getting ready to do new shows, and we can't wait to hear it all. Absolutely. We're going to be back in a flash with Greg, and we'll talk to you in a minute All right, ladies All right. and gentlemen, we are back from our break with Greg Sherwood. We're going to get right into it because we are running a little late. And that happens because we are a jam-packed show and we pack this shit. So, the New Deal. Your thoughts, Greg? Obviously, there was a lockout yeah. for those of you at home that don't follow baseball. And there's a New Deal now.
3: It was really sad. Unfortunately, the New Deal does nothing for supposed small market teams like the Indians. Right. You know, there's there's no incentive to spend. There is no salary floor. They did nothing at the bottom. Um, if, if anything, it hurts teams that set low budgets because it upped the minimum salary, and pays younger players more. Yeah. Now, it didn't really shift the money from the owners to the players. In fact, I think the owners won because the owners are adding a lot of money to the pot. I think they're keeping most of it, but it is shifting some of that money down to the younger players who aren't free agents yet with and not doing anything else to, to force the lower end teams
0: to spend. That's actually a really good way to put it. Yeah. So basically what you're saying is like the, it's good for the players. They're going to get paid more money, but at the end of the day, in the long run, the lower market teams that don't spend a lot of money, it's going to hurt them because now that's more money. They have to invest into the roster. However, from ownership standpoint, that's more money for them, which is always what their, their end game is. Yep. And speaking of that,
3: you know I couldn't come out here without talking about how greedy the Cleveland guardians ownership is and how there's no excuse to not add some quality major league players that cost money to this team.
2: This so, is the, this is the bread and butter. As advertised,
0: yeah. I said Greg is coming on here to shit on the Dolans, and I yep. love it every time he does. And he here look, again, look at these papers, facts and figures. He's ready to roll, everybody. So buckle up.
3: So there's plenty of money for poor teams. That's teams that cry poor. That's that's the first takeaway. Yep. So gonna throw some numbers out here. National broadcasting contracts. Pay 60 each team 65 million dollars a year. And that includes two new ones that were just signed with Apple and Apple TV and NBC. So 65 million, then additional MLB revenue for merchandise from Nike. I don't know, they signed a gambling partnership with MGM, all the other national partners is 30 million a year. So that's like 95 million a year just from national contracts. Then you get your local TV deal, mm-hmm. which really we're gonna back that up. And talk about revenue sharing. Let's so do it. Back that train up. Really, Back really up. exciting topic for a lot of people. I know everyone's really tuned in. But the important <laughs> part is this is important shit. So of course, I hope they are. Forty-eight percent of all local revenues from every team go into a pot. And from what I can tell from reading CBA, that includes local broadcast contracts. So you talk about our broadcast contract, which is really low, but that was done on purpose. Yep. At the same time of the sale, Sports Time Ohio to inflate that value. So the Dolans wouldn't have to share those proceeds with other right. baseball teams. So again, our broadcast contracts low on purpose. Mm-hmm. It was a good business move. Dolan's got more money, um, but half that money goes into a pot for all teams. Half the Dodgers' TV contract goes
0: into a pot. Half, half the, the Yankees', Yankees mm-hmm. right. All the wow. contracts. Big market teams all have to contribute into this pot,
3: and the small market teams are the beneficiaries. So for sure financial numbers are hidden but the the latest number we have we know revenues have exploded since then yep but in 2018 every team got 118 million dollars
0: from revenue sharing jesus i mean that's like that's damn near 3 years of the guardians payroll going <laughs> like
1: eh, so two and a half
3: add in the 95 million
0: from i didn't yeah I didn't even
3: think about that That from the national broadcast deal stuff we've already talked about you know that's uh 215 million and we know revenues revenues have gone up greatly in the last three years so you know they're they're probably getting 250 million yeah. before throwing a pitch then you add in their tv deal 40 million a year half's 20 million we're up to 270 million and that's before any tickets are sold any merchandise
0: is sold any hot dogs all
3: that other 50 percent of the local revenue they get to keep
0: so, so they could easily sign some players right regardless of what the, the attendance is but they still will complain about the attendance and, and claim that's why they, they aren't spending yeah. any money.
3: The tickets is such a small piece. Attendance is I've such a small piece that. of all the money they get.
0: When I talk to some of the older baseball fans in my life, the first thing they say is, well, they don't spend money. Well, the first thing they say is, I'm not watching because they don't want the, the Indians anymore. And I'm just like, get the fuck over it. Who cares? But uh, the, the second thing that they do <laughs> is uh, they complain and they go, well, no one goes to the game, so they can't spend any money. And that's what I have to explain to them. I said, that, that actually means nothing. They're telling you that. To make you feel like they're justified by being cheap.
2: Your old yeah. person impersonation is amazing, by the way. Let's I do a really good them. one. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Since we're you know making up numbers now, not really, but best guessing, you know, maybe that's fifty million out of three hundred million they bring in.
0: Yeah. You know that that's which don't get me wrong, the it, big,
3: not the biggest part. The power if if the
0: Guardians were yeah. spending like the Dodgers or Yankees or somebody like that, then sure, that fifty million would mean a, mean a lot. So you'd want that extra money. Yeah, Lee, we're, we're saying the Guardians are broke. Yeah, yeah. dead. Yeah. yeah, completely. I mean, honestly, I mean, totally. The, you know how hard it is to get by with only $200, $300 million a year? I That's, don't know how
2: some people do it. It's crazy.
0: I mean, where they ride the bus to work every day? That's got to be absurd. I couldn't <laughs> live like that. So the opening day
3: payroll numbers are out since we're past opening day. Yep. With the contract extensions, the Guardians are at about $70 million, Okay. Which actually puts them 27th out of 30 teams in payroll. That is pathetic. Jeez. The Rays are spending eighty
0: three,
3: The and Rays are significantly Rays, outspending us.
0: And they're known for being one of the cheaper teams yep. because they they, for whatever reason, they they run like the like the Guardians. They 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 keep their own young talent. That's how they build. And when somebody gets a little too good and, and worth too much money, they usually let them go. Albeit they've they've made a couple big contract signings to retain their to keep their own over the years. But still, that, that's crazy that we're being the yep. uh, over over. uh, Sold, not sold. I guess we're they're spending more than the Guardians. That's kind of not something I would have expected. The Royals are 94 million in 24th. We're in
3: 27th. We're closer to last at 50 million than and we, we are in the, the middle of the pack, 20, 24th team or 23rd. And it's not even middle of the pack at
0: 94. When you look at the Central, you, you think of the Guardians as like a middle of the pack, like maybe they could be 500 ish. And you kind of look at the Royals and you think, oh, they're no good. They're, you know, they're, 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 most people think they're in kind of a tankier year this year but they're spending more than the guardians. That's the no, crazy that's thing hard. about it.
3: So other, other fun facts here. Absolutely. Bloom.
0: That's Greg's uh, patented thing, by the way, when he says fun facts, you know, he's on it. Trademarked. It yep.
3: Don't yeah. even try I to love count. it.
0: Whenever I say it, it's always, it's, it's paying homage to Greg when I say fun facts.
3: So Cleveland Akron is the 19th largest media market in the country. So all the ones above have major league baseball teams. So out of 30, we should be in the middle third. Yeah, you would think. And we are not. We are at the bottom still. And like the middle average is $150 million. <laughs> Uh Milwaukee is uh, 19th in payroll, which is our media market size. Yep. They're actually 35th in media market size in the country. And they're running $138 million payroll this year. So the fact that we're at 70 mil, like being under 100 is a joke. Absolutely. And I mean, you know what getting 100 would get you? Freddie Freeman yeah with money
0: to spare more than likely would get you more wins Uh, you'd be obviously a bigger contender and it would also just show the fans that you're willing to spend a little bit i mean i think that's a a little bit yeah that's that's another thing too is it it takes money to make money so they're not willing to put money into the product onto the field how do you expect fans to go yeah i'm gonna go sit look at the last two nights besides today the games were, were uh postponed because of snow and cold weather Today wasn't really the warmest day of the year. And they still didn't have great attendance. And they didn't. Yeah. But I'm saying, like, how do you expect fans to go, yeah, I'm going to go sit out in the cold right. for this? absolutely. Yeah, how do you sign no free agents other than None. Luke Bailey? We talked about it uh, a couple weeks Big ago with, with Jack Peterson when he went and called the Guardians out and cheap teams in general yep. called them out on Twitter. You're getting called out by players for being cheap because they they know the bullshit that's behind the scenes. Like Greg's saying right now, the players know the owners are making money hand over fist. They know it's not a ticket sales uh dilemma that they're claiming so to not be willing to spend money on a good player a decent player like jack peterson who we could probably use to be honest and it's just a, it's a joke it's a joke to the fans it's almost it like really it's is being done
2: deliberately you know just it the, the, the Dolans
0: care. run the, the guardians as their way of just making money it's not a way of actually trying to win and they're not running it as an actual team they're running it as a business yeah to a maximize profit 100 the most profit
3: So a couple more fun facts before we uh, leave this topic. Um, All the numbers we just talked about don't include non-baseball revenue sources. Okay. Which are something that don't hit the team's books, but the owners only make because they own the team. So non-baseball revenue, a lot of teams own development land around them. Guardians don't. But a lot of teams have that. However, every team owns a stake in MLB Advanced Media, which is a technology company that invented how to stream live sports. So, NBA League Pass uses their technology. ESPN Streaming uses their technology. NHL licensed their technology.
0: I noticed Valley Sports Ohio doesn't use that technology because they don't like to stream on everything. Better technology. Those bastards. I know if Bill's still watching, he's going to complain about that. He comments on their Facebook every single day, bitching at him.
3: The latest numbers I could find are 10 years ago. So, a decade ago, MLB Advanced Media was bringing in 600
0: million a year,
3: which is 20 mil per team. Jesus.
0: And I can only imagine the number has skyrocketed since then because of how inflation.
3: So, not even that, just how
0: like prominent streaming is and like social media stuff like that.
3: So, since then, in 2017, the owners sold 75% of MLB Advanced Media, mostly to Disney. Okay. For a total of $2.58 billion, meaning each owner got 86 million off the sale. Bill says, fuck Bally. (laughs) Yeah, I knew that was gone. (laughs) So, you know, the owner's still on a quarter of it. Yeah. It's quite likely they're at least getting, you know, revenues have quadrupled since in a decade. They're at least getting the 20, 30 million a year from it, but that never hits the team.
0: Yeah, it's not considered team that's, revenue. That's right. That's owner revenue, it's not team revenue. So, so yeah, the Dolans yeah. guys are I mean, we're not up just three hundred
2: million if my math's correct. Pretty much right. any oh,
0: any owner of a major league baseball team is making great money and could easily put money back into the team. So any excuse you hear from them is just complete bullshit.
3: And the only team that we have numbers for are the Atlanta Braves because they're publicly owned by Liberty Media that own Sirius XM, a racing team. So they have to report their divisions. Yeah. And the numbers are out for 2021 for the Braves. The Braves had $526 million of revenue in 2021. And that includes, you know, because ticket sales don't matter, but that includes limited fans at the beginning. Yeah, true. They, They did make the playoffs.
0: that could could be worth
3: right mate went went all the way got some extra money for that probably
0: 20 to 40 million dollar range but even then yeah you subtract that 20 to 40 and it's still yeah there's still a lot of money
3: 500 million dollars in revenue plenty of money for a
0: payroll plenty of money to spare
3: yep so there's plenty of money out there that's my rant i just want a couple good players and it hurts because the guardians are so close i agree that's that's my biggest so close we got the pitching we got a couple hitters we got prospects we just need a couple solid major leaguers
2: To make us a real competitor. This pitching is not going to be around much longer. I mean, it's been always the Indians slash guardians. Mono is like, we have pitching, right? We have pitching in the farm league. It's not going to be there forever. We need to do something.
0: I mean, we have a pretty decent farm league or farm team, but again, like Greg said, we have a really good team right now. Major league level. Yeah. Add a couple of pieces, spend a little bit of money, show the fans a little bit of good faith that you're trying to actually win and be competitive, competitive. And they just don't do it.
1: Yeah.
3: Yeah, and I mean personally, I actually think the pitching is going to continue. I yeah. think we have a pitching development pipeline. There's some great players in it right now. Daniel Espino is going to be a stud. Mm-hmm. Um, our draft pick Williams from the last year is looking. Our top draft pick, he's looking amazing. Like, yeah, we, there's a there's a whole list of pitchers, but they have trouble developing hitters. So that's yep. where you need to go out. And sign a couple major league hitters, take to fill some of those, those pitching
2: prospects, and get some hitters in return.
0: Even then, I mean, we have we have decent prospects all over the field, mostly it's in middle infield.
3: Yeah,
2: like, like you said, literally we, a dozen. We
0: have an abundance of middle infielders that we could trade yep. to acquire assets. Because I mean, a shortstop, second baseman, they're going to get you something in return as yep. a prospect, and we could make some moves to get some major league talent, but they're just not doing it. Jimenez, Arias,
3: Ed Rosario, Freeman, mm-hmm. Rockio. Mm-hmm. Um, Pena, uh Nolan Jones, he's third base, but now he's blocked by Jose forever. Yeah. Yep. that's like seven guys off the top of my head for two spots in the coming years, second base right. and shortstop. So make pay some money, make the trades. I'm with you. It, get it, it,
0: Sean Murphy for the love of God. Right. That, oh my god, would that be amazing to get anybody behind yep. behind the dish that can actually be just one one other
3: a question. little bit
2: coherent? Do you think the Dolans sell this team in the next 10 years?
3: Yes. I was excited about the new potential minority owner, but then I, I read the other day, I think it was Terry Pluto, that nothing's actually
0: been agreed to. Yeah, and I heard he that his, his stake that, uh, has, has gone down significantly if he ends up doing anything because he just bought a huge chunk of a soccer team, I saw. I don't know if that um, played a factor into it. That was something so, I heard a couple
3: weeks ago. So he hasn't bought a huge chunk of a soccer team.
0: Oh, he hasn't yet. No, okay. so
3: he's actually bidding on my favorite soccer team, Chelsea. Okay. They're, they're in the bidding process. Uh, there are eight... <laughs> owned by Robin Abramovich, who's a Russian oligarch. Mm -hmm. Basically, the British government seized the team. Okay, fair enough. war in in Ukraine. Uh, The bidding process is going on. Hopefully, they'll have a new owner in a couple weeks. But, yeah, Behe is part of the consortium of one of, like, four serious bidders. So, he's in the market. Um, Now, if he does that, he owns another Premier League team, Crystal Palace. So, he'd have to sell that team to buy another team in the same league. Makes sense. But... Yeah, he that's is like Haslam, Chelsea, but used to be part owner anything. of the
0: Steelers and then he bought
3: the Browns. Right. So, yeah, so that that's that's the end of my rant. Uh, All right. I appreciate it. Got some got some fun rule changes coming up. Yeah, let's talk about a know, couple. this is also part of the new bargaining agreement. So in 2023, they can put in three rules like yeah. unilaterally. Number one, pitch clock. Yeah. Yep. And they saw in the minors that takes 20 minutes off a game with like no other effect. I'm for it. I'm okay with it. Yeah, hundred percent.
2: Yeah, I think it's grid. Yeah,
3: Uh, they're gonna ban the
0: shift. Yeah, I saw that. How do you feel about that one? As a, I'm really opposed to it.
3: Are you? There's no such thing. I don't think there should be such a thing as a legal defense in baseball. True. You know, you can put the guys wherever. Uh, I'm kind of a purist a little bit. I mean, I like change. I like the universal DH. But I don't know baseball. You can put the guys wherever for over 100 years. Yeah, that's not something I would mess with. Uh, third thing interesting larger bases
0: i saw
2: that yeah that's yeah. supposed to like how help much larger like a, and stuff? like a small percentage of, uh
3: right? like two or three inches yeah but what this is also going to do is shorten the distance to second base
0: oh so, yeah i so didn't this think about is, that
3: so this but this is something i didn't realize only home to first and home to third are 90 feet Right. Because that's from the plate to the front of the base. Then Mm -hmm. the base sits on, the one end sits on the foul line, goes into fair territory. Yep. So that area going into fair territory takes away from the 90 feet. Also, second base is sat at the intersection point of the bases. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's the end of first base to the middle of second base is 90 feet.
0: So you lose. Okay, so it's actually a little less than 90 from.
3: Yeah, it's a little less. Okay. And second's kind of been up. They're also talking about realigning second base, bringing it towards the pitcher's mound to line it up a little bit better and that and the larger bases would take you know almost a foot off from the distance from like first to second and second to third potential and, stolen bases, and that right? one yes. that one's going to be implemented next year for sure or is that uh, still the larger the bases are for yeah, sure yeah that one i know for sure they're, they're talking about realigning second base to go along with the larger bases. now
0: if they agree to that how's that going to work if they would they need to agree to that like ASAP to get it to work to go into effect next year, or is that something oh, no. that they they can... they can do that in the offseason? Oh, okay. I didn't know if there was like with yeah. the CBA if there's like you come up with a new rule, you have to wait a year till it goes into effect or something. No. So these three are they have like special permission. I think they do have to
3: decide by June or July. Okay, so they're not three,
0: official. 100% they're not official yet. yet. Okay. They have
3: to. They they have a window in the summer to decide. Okay. But anything else needs to be run by the players. But the players seem more open to it. I think those these would – I'd be okay with those. Yep. So, I like the rules. I think
1: that would
0: be... yeah. They, yeah. In, in the minors,
3: they've seen a lot more stolen bases. Yeah, which and, is good. Stolen I mean, bases they,
0: are exciting. Yeah, exactly. You want to keep the fans engaged in the game. Yep. I mean, don't get me wrong. A, a good pitcher's duel is fun. But at the same time, seeing a little excitement on the base bat, absolutely. that's always good yep. too. Absolutely.
3: So two more rules want to touch on real quick, that
0: they're testing in the minors for the future.
3: Mm-hmm. Uh, robot umps. Yep, I've heard about that.
0: Yeah. yeah. How do you feel about that? Um, As a purist.
3: I like it. I do too. I hate seeing I hate <laughs> saying, bo- I hate <laughs> saying bone I going in a
2: different direction with that one. Be-
3: no, no. Some umpires are so bad. No, Honestly, some, God, some like, are so
0: good. I watch some but, games and yeah, I, yeah. I get so fucking mad. I'm like, are you kidding? Like, I, normally I don't complain. I'm not that big of a complainer, especially, I mean, I'm, I'm fair. Wait a minute. I'm tough, but fair. Okay. <laughs> but no, there are a lot that I, I get really pissed. I'm like, are you like, what the fuck are they looking at? That was such a yep. bad
3: call. And I can tell you, I can name a couple Angel Hernandez, CV Buckner. Horrible. Mm. Why do I know
0: their names? Because they're so bad at calling balls and strikes. Yeah. When you're known at being a bad umpire, there's something wrong about that. Like most umpires, you should never know their name. I think that means you're doing a good job. Yep. When, when you're under the radar, no one knows about you. Yep. So, and, and they still have a home plate
3: umpire, you know, the home right. plate umpire basically has a buzzer. He gets buzzed, ball or strike. So he still makes the call. The guy's still out there to do places. But they're just making sure it's accurate. Right. You're just making sure it's accurate. Yeah. So I'm a favorite. The other thing. Absolutely. I really like this is a pretty big, crazy rule change. They're testing in the minors. Pickoff limits.
0: Okay, so you only have a certain amount of pickoff attempts. They
3: put into the rules in high A where you get two step-offs or pick-offs. So if you just step back and hold the ball, sure, that counts as one. Okay, That's the same delaying the game, same thing with the runner back. You get, you with a runner on bat, per with runner on base.
0: per a player on base or, or at bat? Okay, per at bat.
3: So the question is, you know, all right, you throw over once. You only have one more. Yeah. Do you throw over that second time? And if you do, the guy knows you can't try and pick him off. Yeah, so right. you could
0: take, like, how does that work? Can a guy right. just take the biggest lead ever? So, I believe it's if you
3: throw over and get him out, that's fine.
0: Oh, okay. But so, if you, you throw on over the third
3: time, I got you, okay. you. Pick him off, it's fine. But if you don't get him out, it counts as a balk. Because my thought all would runners be runners get a base. Okay. Because my thought would just be, yeah, if, he, if he does he's it twice. After like it's eight like, feet. Right. Yeah, I'm, I'm taking <laughs> a huge fucking shit. lead yeah. he, he's not going <laughs> to pick me off. <laughs> but I mean, fast guys, man, they're going to take big leads. 100%. And you're going to dare the pitcher.
0: It's a Because
3: You better get him
0: out. Which is, everyone gets a base that goes along with the more stolen base thing too. That helps right. because it makes it more exciting.
2: Yep. Start start hitting the pitchers with the inside. In I mean, you see it all the, the time. Got a big butt thing. Yeah. How many
0: how many times the fans start booing because a yeah. guy to try a bunch of pickoff attempts? So they'll throw oh, like five boring. in a row, and it everyone's like, "Booing yeah. like what the fuck? You're just wasting time." Because maybe they do it to try to help a guy warm up in the pen. So they're like, "Hey, try to pick pick this guy off five times in a row. We need to kill some time." Yep. So that's huge. I like that a lot. It's going to speed the game up. It's going to keep people engaged. A little more
2: excitement to the yeah,
0: game. I love it. Yep. All right,
3: so yeah, those are the rule changes on tap. Could I like get, it. Could That's great. Crazy.
0: Now, uh, Greg, I apologize. We ran late, so you didn't get yeah. a, as much time as I would have hoped. So, I mean, you're local, so we'll have you on again for sure. The season just started; it's long. I'm we'll definitely crazy. have you. I know it's
2: pricey, though. I'm not sure. Yeah,
0: definitely. We blew our budget for April to get Greg in here, but it's okay. <laughs> it's well worth it. I had to buy him dinner and everything. It was basically like a date, but it's it's more to be done well later. Worth wink, it. Wink, wink. Now, of course, the end of the episode means only one thing: it's time for just the tip. And now, with our special guest, we have. An extra tip today. Can't have too many tips. So we're going to start off with... Tim, are you doing one today? I wasn't sure. Sure, All right. I appreciate it. We we start off with Tim. I'm going to start with Tim, and then we're going to go Greg, Kyle, myself. Let's get it going. All right. So I don't have my
1: picture up for today. No worries. However, um, tomorrow night, as y'all know, I've been
0: talking about comedy for the last
1: couple of weeks, Um, tomorrow night is going to be a special casting Call for comedians at the Bliss Bistro tomorrow. Now, with that being said, you guys can come out and enjoy. Everybody gets to put up their best sets because this casting call is to be recorded for a show in June that is going to be on Amazon, 2B, uh, and we're obviously aiming for bigger. So, No shit. Yeah, man. So if you guys want to come out and witness some great comedians. Actually it's gonna be this week and next week at the Bliss Beach Show, which is on ninety hundred and ninety-first in Euclid. I can get the exact address, which is actually uh actually what I had showed up before from um uh two weeks ago uh, when I showed up
0: uh Oh yeah, you were ta- we were talking about a couple weeks ago, that's right.
1: Yeah, uh, when I showed up Lex Dickerson's post, who actually just tilted Friday at Lexus event. But yeah, if you guys enjoy comedy, uh that's my tip. All mm-hmm. in in
0: Hell yeah, dude. That's awesome. Great tip.
1: Uh, Greg, you are up. Yep.
3: So I know people A lot of, uh, people are big readers on the set. You know JG is? I am. Kyle. Mm-hmm. I know you've known to have been looking at a book every now and then. Once in a while, I take yeah. a look at a book. So I'm going to share my favorite baseball book, which is Nice Guys Finish Last by Leo DeRocher. I love this book so much. I got the book, the cover that's being shown. I got it used. I read it so much the book fell apart. I had to buy another copy
0: literally while you let me borrow it while I was reading it. The spine yeah. split. Yep. I finished it though. You broke
3: it. Huh? Yeah.
0: Basically. Yeah. You could blame me, but it was, it was not in great condition. <laughs> no. So it's, it's
3: about Leo Durocher. He's a hall of fame baseball manager and player, real old school guy, best known for Brooklyn Dodgers manager, New York giants manager, a couple others, but he was also a really interesting dude. He was friends yeah. with Frank Sinatra and the rat pack. He dated movie stars, He was suspended for a year for gambling and having mob connections like, you know, from a baseball standpoint, takes you through Jackie Robinson and all those days with him because he was manager of the Dodgers. He was suspended the year Robinson broke the color barrier, but he really stood up for him. But he lived a really interesting life. It's a pretty short read, a couple hundred pages and just a really great book.
0: I second that with Greg. That was a really good book. I appreciate him for, for bringing me to light on that one.
2: Maybe I'll pick up another book and read that too. You know, I'm good for like twice a year. I can read it, <laughs> yeah, yeah. so it's okay. Uh, but one of the books that I have not read in a over a year, I think maybe two years now, and it's only fitting that today falls on 420. Grassroots. Who doesn't want to know the history of marijuana in this country or even in this world? I'm pretty sure a lot of us up here allegedly partaken in the the uh, the green stuff once or twice, three times, a couple times. It's okay. We don't judge. Um, I'm a straight edge. Yeah, okay. This <laughs> this book will take you through the history of marijuana from the early days, from when it was actually found to be a drug that people could take, um, to the many things they tried to use the drug for over the years, um, to the ups and downs, the the 30s, the 40s, the 50s, the the war against drugs. How the weed was one of the biggest controversial things they used for the Dare program. Who doesn't forget? Who doesn't remember the Dare program back in high school? Or I was in high school. You were much younger than me, I was in so. diapers. Um but now back to where weed is very close to becoming very legal in the entire United States. So um one of the coolest things about this is um it talks about some of the movies and some of the propaganda put out back in the 30s. And one of the things that put out was a movie um called Reefer Madness. Have you heard of this before? Have you seen trailers for this or even seen the movie itself? I Ooh. have not. Been. Oh you okay. Oh, I so guess JG has. What G- is it? Reefer, Reefer Madness. Madness. Yeah. No. So it's about a it's it's a black and white movie it's made back in 1932. Okay. I think. And it's basically about a bunch of young white kids who take and smoke weed and it, they just go fucking crazy.
0: Now, did you see it in the theaters when it came out back yes. when you were? Young? I was actually there with you were popcorn. Alive. <laughs> yes. I was there, yes.
2: Um <laughs> It was a Great Depression back then, so I had to like sneak in, but I, I made it in so um, but no, it's, it's basically, it's, it's a propaganda against how weed was a bad drug. So if yeah. you get a chance and you can find it, I mean, it's not like a, a barn burner of a movie, but you want to watch it just to laugh at it because where we've come from then to where we are now, it's, it's amazing. Oh, Night and day. It's, it's amazing. But if you get a chance, it's, it's not a short book. Uh, I think it's like 400, close to me, 500 pages, but it's really interesting. It digs into the history of marijuana in this country. And and I, I think it's worth a read.
0: I will check that out. Um, my, my tip I'm double tipping this week. I have two for you. The first wow. one is, is fitting. Also with the, uh, the 420 kind of history Wheeler Walker jr. He just released his fourth full length album and it is called sex, drugs, and country music uh, features some songs like God told me to fuck you. Um, he's, he's got three other albums that Fucked are by fantastic. Boy. And he's got songs. Uh, I like smoking pot a lot. Mm-hmm. He's got some family friendly hits called anal in the dishes. He's got one about his the birth of his baby boy called Save Some Titty Milk For Me. I've
2: heard there's a Christmas album called uh, Eating Pussy Kicking Ass. That's,
0: that's out there, too. Oh, that one doesn't even have to be Christmas. It's a year-round song. Eating Pussy Kicking <laughs> Ass, another classic one. Um, I love Wheeler Walker Jr. For those of you that don't know who he is, he is actually a comedian slash writer uh, named Ben Hoffman. And he decided to create this persona. And he is just trying to be the new face of country music, outlaw country. And his songs are so outrageous and vulgar and funny. And I laughed so hard when I listened to him. My wife hates them, but I listen to it all the time. Uh, so check it out. Wheeler Walker Jr. It Literally, when you play it, it's going to sound like a real country song. And then when you listen to the lyrics, you're like, what the fuck? And that's <laughs> what I love about it. It's the shock back. Not shit. safe for
2: work or family. Not either. at
0: all. And that's what I love about it. It's super dirty. It's great. Check it out. My second tip is... Kind of guide you into next week and guide you into next weekend. um It is the beast Dane Brugler from the Athletic. Every year he releases a close to 300 page uh draft guide, and it goes it breaks down every player at every position. Guys that are not even going to get drafted, guys that you've never heard of, and it's extremely helpful for somebody that that's kind of just a, a novice when it comes to draft stuff. You can watch the draft. You can see guys get taken in the fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh round, et cetera. Undrafted free agents even. And you can go to this guide and you can read up on them. And it goes into so much detail. Their pros, cons, strengths, strengths, weaknesses, their size, measurables, everything. It's so well done. Dane Brugler is the man. I'm a huge fan. I have been for years. You can find it at The Athletic. Um, you like it so much you're actually paying for it this 100%. year. 100%. I, I used to see him get his stuff for free when he used to work for CBS. Then he switched to The Athletic. And then Greg gave me a free password to, to get it last year. And it was fantastic. This year I paid. You can get the athletic they're usually doing deals for uh like six months for a dollar a month yeah, which it's, is nothing
2: it's seven months for a dollar right now it's
0: super cheap it's a great purchase i mean it, all it does is help them to make great serious, content like serious this
2: question though um it talks about everything with these players right does it have an mv penis section
0: it does not i'm actually gonna be reaching out to, to Dane to put that in next year okay that'll be officially from us trademark yeah that's patented for sure. Um, but yeah, so check out The Beast. And that's, again, next week, if you're a sports fan, doesn't have to be a Browns fan. If you're a football fan in general and your favorite team drafts somebody that you may have never heard of, or maybe you want to learn a little bit more, I highly recommend going to The Beast to find out about them. Uh, so check it out. Again, The Athletic is dirt cheap. Can't recommend it enough. With that being said, this is the end of our show. And on behalf of everyone at Talking About Balls, that was the worst goodbye I've ever heard. Any soul from a movie. Bye, everybody. Redline Radio LLC is proud.